Welcome, everybody, to episode 26 of the American Craftsman Podcast. This week, we have our guest, Tim. Well, thank you for having Welcome, me. Tim. And True Trade Carpentry on Instagram. Piper. Yep, we got the mascot, too, Piper. Yeah, you might catch a glimpse on the uh, YouTube version of the podcast. A uh, nice, pretty little golden retriever slipping by in the in the background here. Yeah. Um, and we're also live on Clubhouse. That's right. So we got some folks in the room now. We'll uh, we'll open up the room for discussion a little bit later. Um, so yeah, stay tuned, Clubhouse. We got you mic'd up here on the table. Can you make a general announcement about recording? Um, no. So uh, all you guys down there in Clubhouse, uh, you know Eric. Eric let me know that if you come up to speak, you have to acknowledge that you know you're being recorded. It has something to do with the terms and conditions there on, on Clubhouse, so... Uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get into the beer of the week. Yeah, I'm thirsty. Tim is the the uh, honorary beer of the week guy this week. So what do we got? All right, we got Rake Breaker from our friends over at Jersey Girl. This is a, a beer from my hometown. Our shop used to be right around the corner from them. I was lucky enough for a period of time to make all the tap handles, which was a great honor because you go to a random bar and all of a sudden you see a tap handle. Like, I made that. That's mine. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Let along, you know, your your favorite beers over there. So All right. Had to bring something from our hometown. So says, ain't nothing in the world like a Jersey girl beer. So this is a IPA. Uh, says, we use so much grain and oats in brewing this ale, it literally broke our lauder ton rake. At that point, the name of this delicious IPA became obvious. We present to you, Rake Breaker. Cool. And what are we drinking this beer out of this week? Look at this. Fine new glasses here. Yeah. 16 ounce American uh, Craftsman Podcast glasses. The official glass of the American Craftsman Podcast. Yeah. Taking a couple of these home. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are interested, uh, you can find them over on our website. Saved on shipping. Greenstreetjoinery.com. Pretty cool. It's uh, They're those can-shaped glasses. Um with the podcast logo on there so you guys could drink along with us if you can find the beer of the week. Well, I guess that wouldn't... That'd be tough to do, to listen to the podcast yes, and, and find the beer of the week because you kind of have to listen to it before They're you around there. You can find Jersey Girl pretty much. They're all over Jersey and other places. But. Yeah. I, I've seen this yeah. in a liquor store before. Yeah. Chuck well, makes his rounds. Cheers. Cheers. Here, cheers. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Ah, nice. I had to get through that that nice head on there. That's good. Yeah. Mm, it's got a good aftertaste. So I say uh, let's get into the tool of the week, the grape of the week, and then uh, maybe we'll open up for a couple minutes on Clubhouse uh, if anybody has any comments, questions for Tim. All right. Cool. Uh, so my tool of the week this week, uh, what I went with is this eye gauging dial caliper. So this is a uh, both fractional and decimal dial caliper. I think that's why you like it. Yeah, so my biggest hang up with a dial caliper was always the decimal readout. Yeah, you can never figure out the fraction. Yeah. <laughs> extra little point. Where does it go? Yeah, and you know, we work, all of our work is fractional. So yeah. uh, I figure why not just keep it to fractions? No conversions to get confused. So... Um, this is, I want to say, maybe 35 bucks, Somewhere around there. Yeah. Depends where you go. I've seen those prices vary. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Um, we have two of these. They both read the same, so I'm pretty confident that they're accurate. You know, like any dial caliper, you can actually turn the bezel to, uh, to you know, calibrate the, not calibrate, but to reset the uh, readout so you could reset it to zero or, um, you know. Zero it out, I think. Yeah, like I have a three, uh, a, the Veritas square that's exactly three quarters of an inch and I can yeah. use this to, uh, you know, dial it back in, so. Yeah, check it out. If you don't have a dial caliper, it's a great tool to have. I mean, we yeah, use them a lot. That. Pass that over here. It's a six-inch caliper. Um, that green on there makes it, you know, pretty easy to read. Yeah, yeah, we use it yeah. a lot at the planer. Yeah, so we keep one at the planer. I have that one at my bench, and then Rob, you have a a different caliper, but yeah, one at your bench. S- same kind of thing. That's in sixty-fourths and the the tenths yep. of an inch. In decimal. Not yeah, so one. we don't own one, but definitely should get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's handy. Yeah. You know, we have the uh, digital readout on the planer, so uh, yeah, it helps just like the double check. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, because you know you knock into the thing and it gets thrown off, and so it's always good to have yeah. something to double check, especially if you're like, let's say we, you know, we build everything to an inch usually, face frames, doors. Yeah. yeah. So we might have two sessions of milling. Well, I want to make sure yeah. that they're. At least within, you know, half a tick mark. Yeah, absolutely. Something you can sand out if yeah, you had to. Absolutely. Yeah, so this will read like uh, it has ticks every 64th, but, uh, or, yeah, ticks every 64th. So you can, you know, pretty accurately read it to the 128th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. I like it. How the, much was that? I think 35 bucks. That's not bad at all. Maybe 30? Mm-hmm. You know why I like I'm it? I'm get two myself now. It doesn't take a battery. Yeah. I like the tools like that that yeah, don't yeah. take the battery because... Good old hand tool. Got to worry about turning it off or the battery wearing out. I'm, mm-hmm. I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> yeah, I get a little sketched out with the uh, battery calipers too because, you know, it's depending on wiping that onto that mm-hmm. thing to give the readout. Yeah. Man. This is like a rack and pinion kind of deal and it's... Yeah. I feel like it's definitely more solid. It's tried and true way. I mean, it's whole machinery. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Eye gauging, fractional, and decimal dial caliper. Yeah, cool. I have a link down in the description, as always. All right. Gripe of the week is up. Yeah. What do you got? I'm going to... I'll seed to Tim if he's got one. (laughs) You know, uh, so I, guess, I guess we'll talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it. I won't name names, but... Uh, yeah, 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 let's talk. We'll just talk about, you know, the difference between working for a contractor and a, a homeowner. You know, when you're you're done with a project, you show them the piece, shake a hand, you agree, and you get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you deal with a contractor. It's, uh, well, you know, I got to get a check from the homeowner. And, you know, we got to... It's not exactly yeah, what I was you know, thinking. Yeah, you know, you took a little longer than you said you were going to. Yeah, I know I added some extras in there, but you know, you took a little bit longer, you know. And next thing you know, you know, you're waiting 30 days for a check, you know, because you added the check chasing fee and waiting fee in there, you know. Yeah. Yep. And you started, but yeah, that's that could be my gripe for the week, you know. I just wish you know contractors paid as much respect in paying us as we do in the work we put into. Yeah. Not saying every contractor does. No. Um. You know, I've worked with some great contractors, and, and I don't want them to think this is about them at all. Um, but I have run in this situation where, you know, you turn from contractor to chase checker, and it's like, why? Well, why yeah. do I have to do this? Like, this should just be like, 
Tim, we know Tim's gonna be done on Friday. Let's have a check for him or let him know it's gonna be in the mail. You know, like not yeah. that like I gotta chase you for a month to find it. You know, something I started doing. We don't really have a, a big problem with it. Yeah. Um, well, I should say we don't have any problem really yeah. with it because we're most direct to client. Uh, but what I do now is I try and invoice through QuickBooks, so it'll just send an yeah. email that says, "Hey, we got a seventy-five percent progress payment due on Friday." Yeah, and they know that if the payment's not in, well, we're not starting the job. So, um, well, that's usually starting the job. I mean, you know, usually every contractor is great showing yeah. up for a check because you know, hey, they want you to get done, you know, it's get going, last. get moving. Yeah, but now when it comes to the final, you know, you're like, what? yeah. Money. When I worked for a builder, I used to hear him on the phone talking to people like, oh, yeah, you know, well, I got to I got to get over here to get a check from them and I got to go yeah. over there. And Bob and Peter to pay Paul. Yep. Like, no, yeah. No, 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 no. I know the whole one have paid you. The job's done. It's been inspected. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's not do the dance. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's old. I'm, I mean, I forgot about the dance and uh, I recently just had to go through it and I just, yeah. Not a dance. I yeah. like dancing at all. No, give me my money, no. please. And it, it's a trigger too. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm yeah. the nicest, friendliest guy, but like for some reason, when the job's, I'm just old and it's done. It's just like you don't realize you're not taking it from me. Yeah. In true trade, like I'm a small company. You're taking it from my wife and my kids' yeah. mouths. You know yeah. what I mean? Like bills to get paid. You know? Oh yeah. You know they don't want to hear I didn't get paid from you or I'm waiting from you. You know, like I don't want to hear from you either. Right. That's or the whatever chain else commands. you have to tell me. You know what I mean? We pick up the check, but it just it's just a handoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not banking that away. Yeah, I only I only have I own the money for a quick second. It's in this yeah. way and out the other. Yeah. You know? If I'm lucky I get a tool along the way. Yeah. yeah. Well that's a good honest gripe. Uh, yeah. uh, we may get some input from the from the what are they called out there? The, out there in Clubhouse. The Clubhouse. There's yeah, yeah. Um I forgot. Uh, I don't know if you have a, another oh, yeah. gripe, but no, we no. have the book of the, we'll call it book of the week. Yeah, I, w- I want to touch on this because, especially because it came from David Shoemaker. One of our patrons. Yeah, and this just showed up in the mail. Yeah. It's a um, nice book. It's, yeah. yeah, very cool. It's uh, the book of Shaker Furniture. And I just got into it. I just started reading it. I mean, the first thing we all did was... Look, look at the pictures. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picture book. Yeah, absolutely. But there's a lot of interesting stuff right at the beginning of the book. Yep. First off, uh, the book was published in 1919 at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy uh, who wrote the book, he was uh, he drew all these um, working drawings in mm-hmm. here. And he was a he had a de- some sort of degree in in woodworking and and in wood. Hmm. I can't remember exactly how they termed it. Um, like an arborist prof- or like uh, a forestry kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think he was a professor out in California. And these are detailed. I mean, there, there's literally a cut list to build this. Yeah, right? yeah. I can literally. Yeah, that's what I can he copy this and make this. He intended this to be not just like for. Uh, uh, do-it-yourself kind of person, a craftsperson, but also as like um, like an encyclopedia of sorts on on shaker furniture and on the shakers themselves. I yeah, no, this is great because it actually shows different than people doing it, but in different ways on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. This is awesome. He created the measured drawings, yeah. sort of akin to like the old craftsman. Um, what was the name of the publication? The, uh, the uh, Taunton. No, no, like the original Stickley. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I'll open that up to Clubhouse. If you know what the name of Stickley's publication was, the was it just called The Craftsman? 
I, I think know. it was just called The Craftsman. Mama Google. It has, yeah, it has uh, similar drawings to that. And, you know, he would have real pieces of furniture in there that you could build, like right from this little magazine back right. in that's awesome. early 1900s. That's, that's kind of what this guy, John Casse, did with this book. Um, and we, we were talking about it this morning over coffee. We learned a little bit about the... Uh, History of the Shakers. Yeah, the Shaking Quakers. <laughs> Shaking Quakers. <laughs> well, curiously enough, they started in France. Yeah. Um, and then France in the mid-1600s passed a law that forbade them from worshiping in public. So a couple hundred thousand of them emigrated mostly to England. And that's where they kind of got mixed up with the Quakers. It took about a hundred <laughs> oh, years yeah, or so. Up, huh? Well, you know, they had the, they were sharing some experiences. Yeah, that's the oatmeal guy for you layman out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the the sort of the the mother of the group, you know, the spiritual leader of the group, had this uh, vision that they should be going off to America, and in the mid 1700s, they embarked on the journey and New England and. Um, it, we're all familiar with shaker furniture, but it's, yeah, now they're responsible for all those white shaker kitchens. Yeah, yeah, we won't uh, we won't blame them for that because yeah. they've really uh, co-opted these poor shakers' name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they'll throw them on it. They're getting a bad days. rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I was reading only the stuff like that was real utilitarian. That they because they had. Two kind of classes, the domestic use and the work use. Um, Pine and some maple were used for the painted pieces. Mm -hmm. But the stuff they put in the house was all hardwood and was rarely painted. Well, they had a plentiful amount back then. They just... Yeah. I think there's still, what, like two living shakers or something still? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Up in where? New Hampshire. And this, they talk a lot about New Lebanon. Yeah. I think that's in, is that in Pennsylvania? With No, I think it's in New Hampshire. That's New Hampshire, yeah. yeah. Old Lebanon must be in uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know Lebanon is <laughs> yeah. there. But uh, I want to thank uh, Yeah, David. thank you, David. Uh, it's really been enjoyable so far, and we're probably going to wind up building something out of that book yeah. one day soon. That'd be a cool just flip through pick. See what right, you're make. right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we we saw one thing. It's yeah. this uh, writing desk. <laughs> yeah, we already want somebody to pay us for that, though. Yeah. And it has like twelve little drawers yeah. and these arched doors on the top with a little yeah. angled flip top desk. I mean, it's yeah. nice. It's definitely, it'd be fancy. nice to be able to build your piece and then sell it. You know, get yeah, to that point. Yeah. You know, like one day. Yeah. So we'll there you go. It was really a pleasant surprise. Yeah, from one of awesome. our yeah. listeners and patrons. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be reading through that when I'm done mm-hmm. with my current. And it's a nice book. I mean, it's hardcover, really thick paper, so it's it's a nice physical book yeah. to, to leaf through. Give us the uh, the title and the author again. The Book of Shaker Furniture by John Casse, which is K-A-S-S-A-Y. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Well, I'll say, um, before we open up the floor to everybody in Clubhouse, um, Tim, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got started in, in uh, you know, your journey as a craftsman, we'll say. Craftsman, wow. Yeah. That's, that's this a, is the American a, Craftsman Podcast. It's a big title. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man. We'll be dropping all those compliments. Well, get ready. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> well, if you don't know me, I'm located up in Northwest New Jersey. 
uh, small shop, kind of like yours out back. Um, uh, I kind of backed into the specialties of building these doors. Um, a lot of people know me for my doors, but really I do anything to make sawdust. I tell people, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Follow along with me on Instagram. We do, uh, really anything it comes to carpentry and I take pride in that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, God, I was 13 when I started doing carpentry. So 26 years ago, I had a shop teacher pull me out of shop, not pull me out, but saw that I had great potential and cared about what I was doing. And uh, he happened to build decks on the side, so he saw probably a good profit. <laughs> hey, this oh, kid's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. So Takes God direction. bless Randy Wayne. He was a great mentor in my life, you know, one lost kid. Uh, and he taught me a lot. And from there, it was Votech. And then it was just from Votech, it was just off. I mean, and how I never took my SB, took the SATs, never went to college, <laughs> never even looked at it. Just went to work after high school, you know. Um I just had some great mentors along the way that were able to like show me what it meant to care. And then, you know, there were so many different aspects to carpentry to keep one kid who couldn't sit down or keep his head straight in different directions, you know, like his carpentry, you can just be, I mean, in all different directions, you know, and you know, when you're doing framing, you're thinking about the finish and you know, when you're doing the finish, you should be thinking about the framing, what's behind it mm-hmm. and everything to do with it. So yeah, I mean, that's really kind of where it started. Nice. Well, when you say doors, for the folks that really don't know that much about it, we should elaborate and say these aren't just. Uh, yeah, the yeah these are these are brownstone or specialty entrance doors. They're not. They're one offs. They're kind of artiste doors. Um, right. Historic reproduction. Yeah, historic reproduction. So a lot of the stuff is you know I'm almost duplicating some stuff. So I almost feel like I'm cheating some days. And people say like you build this beautiful thing. And I'm like, really, I'm, I'm building what grandpa built back in the day with better machinery. And I feel like I'm almost cheating a little bit, but yes, I'm doing a beautiful yeah. job at it. You well, know? Isn't that what we're all really doing? Yeah. I yeah. mean, following yeah. in these craftsmen, we were just talking about the shakers. Yeah. We're, we're, we're building on the shoulders of the giants. Exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of set forth me. I mean, I get some artistic freedom with some of the stuff. Um, we have done a couple pieces that were designed, uh, but yeah, most of which is is just making exactly what it was and mm-hmm. making it more more beautiful. There so, you go. But yeah, I backed into that. I had actually a great great stories. I had a contractor I was working for in Jersey City. Talked to me in the street one day. He goes, "Would you go to Brooklyn and build a door for me?" And I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, "No, <laughs> I'm not going to Brooklyn. You're lucky you got me in Jersey City. I hate the city and I'm not going to Brooklyn." He said, "Listen, just go there and take the measurements. Go to the neighbor's house, take some pictures of that." Go back to your shop, whatever it takes, and then I need you one more day in Brooklyn. So, all right, Josh, I'll do it. And that was the first set. I'll show you pictures of it. I couldn't tell you how many years ago. Seven years ago I did that set. And then the I wasn't even on Instagram at the time. The contractor, when I got on Instagram, actually sent me this post that was showing that was like one of the top most beautiful doors in Brooklyn at the time. And I'm like, whoa, okay. There you go. And we had, even then we were doing more doors for that company anyways, but I just wasn't in the whole social media thing. Yeah, period. yeah. So that kind of came later on. So, Front door is an important part of somebody's home. Everybody's got one. Their yeah. identity, you yeah. know, what they're portraying towards the street and the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's also a big thing back in the day. I mean, they would put oodles of money into their front right. door because that's what they wanted to put you know, <laughs> show. Right. You know, like when you come to the house, this is the grandest thing you've ever seen. You know, Front door in the parlor. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's pine floors upstairs. Yeah. And <laughs> Which is yeah. cool. I mean, if you guys yeah. ever walk through brownstones, some of these old glorious brownstones, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's on the first floor, but it's it's cool to see the way they step it down over, over the floors. Yeah. Like I've done brownstones in Harlem where the first floor was literally a five-piece 
five or six piece base molding. It was almost two feet tall. The second floor was like almost 16 inches tall. It was like a three or four piece. Then you get to the top floor and it's like a two piece, but it's all knocked down versions of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it all progresses down and it's really, yeah. it's kind of cool the way they did back. I mean, it's spectacular the way they did back in the day. I'm from Brooklyn and I lived in those yeah. buildings. And- yeah. Uh, when I lived in the fifth floor apartment, it was actually the maid's quarters yeah. at that time. Well, yeah. back in the time. Yeah. Um, so we had like the tiniest little kitchen and with a super tiny bathroom. And yeah. um, the people downstairs had all the, they had taller ceilings, more ornate plaster work and all yeah. that stuff. I was lucky I worked with a company that were turning those, those brownstones that were into multi-units back into their original glory, uh, which is where I walked out and came into the historic aspect because historically they had to make it correct from the outside. Mm-hmm. Boom, I step in. I'm the guy to answer. Um, and I did some great things down in Jersey City uh, and impressed the historic guy who is rightfully known for being a pain in the ass, but standing up for what he wants his town to look like and be like and what it was. So I hit it off with him, and next thing you know, if Tim's on site, we're all good. Don't worry about it. You know, like <laughs> he, was, he was a good guy. So Dan the man. Yeah, it's not easy work with those historic commissions. No, no, and I'll never forget the first one. I could, I was, it was 166 Grand Street. He literally sat there with the architect. I'll never forget this. And I thought we were done. Like, the thing's done. Like, what is this guy looking at? And he's like, there's just something not right. And he kept looking back, and he literally sat down and was staring. He goes, that needs plinth blocks. I'm like, what? And this is like a grand door entrance way. I'll show you guys pictures. And he goes, I want plinth blocks on this. Like, it's not in the drawing. He goes, it doesn't matter. I want it. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I called the builder. Builder said do it. He called the owner. Build the owner. It was done. But still, it was like he gets what he wants down there because he <laughs> wants it to be what it was. And it, you know, historically right. And this was it was a pretty big historic project down there. So you know. it's good though. It's good to have people that um, you know have the integrity to do things the right way. And yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't take it too far sometimes. I've yeah. heard, but like for the most part, it's been great for me because he wants that woodworking downtown. He wants the the quality. He wants it to be what it was. So yeah. You know. Well, when we got that call about the brownstone and bedsty, first person I hit up was you. Yeah, yeah. that was it. We said, well, well we're gonna have this guy on speed dial. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we haven't heard what did back I tell you? I was excited. I was like, let's do it. Let's go. I'm like, I'm not trying to step on your toes, but I get excited about the stuff. Yeah. I really do. I mean. Um, and then, yeah, getting into it, I bought my greatest tool, which was the William Hussey. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing is just it's fantastic for the whole door building process. Yes, yeah, we sent the price off, and we haven't heard. Yeah. We, we got one email back that was like, okay, great. Well, I'll talk to the architect and let you know. And then yeah. we haven't heard back since then. It's been a couple of weeks, but yeah, we'll see. It's hard telling people what it's going to cost to build some of these doors. They're not. It's yeah. not a production shop. They're one-offs, and they're not easy to build. And some of these openings are not... I mean, they're not not straight. They're not level. You know, they're they're, they're arched. And they're, yeah. they're crazy. So a lot of work goes into it. I gave them a sliding scale too. Mm. It's like this is the basic one mm. where the architect provides the uh, dimensions, and we don't install it all the way up to like the badass door with we're coming out to Brooklyn to measure and we're installing it. So I gave him a, gave him a little range uh, to there. my door to your door thing. Like, did you come yeah. to my door? Or I go to your door kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I hear that. Like, if I, we have to go to Brooklyn, okay, that's two guys for an entire day. At least. Yeah. And you haven't done it before. That's right? just to measure. Yeah. Yeah. And to install, that's always a stressful day. <laughs> stressful day is, is install day because, you know, you. I'm throwing everything I got in a, back, a box truck and anything I can think of I need. You know what I mean? Plus the door, 
And if like, you look at it in the shop, I'm grabbing it because I probably think I'm going to need it, yep. even though I probably don't. And we I'm, get that paranoia. Yeah. We have a, we're going to install a little mantle tomorrow. It's just yeah, like so sitting on a cleat, yeah. just a box mantle that yeah. wraps around. And like, I know we're in the morning, we're like, oh man, what, are, what do we need? Do we need the track saw? Like, what if we got to cut something? Oh man. Yeah, dude. I, I, what do we, even the kitchen sink comes. I mean, it's it's crazy. I'm like, yeah, we got to bring the Japanese saws, a couple of chisels. Uh, <laughs> what ifs? Oh, what ifs? You know? Yeah. Because you're all around Brooklyn. You're pretty much a foreign land at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I've run into situations. What were we doing? We were installing uh, something down in Dumbo. This ridiculous sliding door. And uh, the hardware I bought didn't come with long enough bolts. It said it did. Thank God I Googled the hardware store and I was able to walk four blocks or five blocks over and, and find what I needed, but still, I mean... Not lose uh, your parking spot. Yeah, no, and not lose my parking spot, because literally it was next door to a fire hall. So forget about that. The fire station, I, no disrespect, but they park anywhere they want. Yeah. There's no parking around. And it was a school. So you know Dumbo. I lived on uh, Cabin Plaza West, literally in the shadow of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, well, that's what this was. It was yeah. pretty much the shadow of the Brooklyn Bridge. Like, you got off and made a hard hook around off yeah. the Brooklyn Bridge, and there was a fire hall right there. Yep. Get the name of the road, and then the street, and then right next to it, literally next door, was the house we were working on. Yeah. And we did uh, the front door, the shutters. I did a back door, and I did uh, this big sliding door I'm talking about right now. But yeah, I was mad because there were these huge anchors were supposed to go through all this like fire rated sheetrock, and like it said it went up to like three inches. But they only gave you bolts long enough for two and a half in the pack. <laughs> so I had to go, you know, run out and find the right bolts that you know, but still had the same anchors. It was just, yeah. That's why installing the city can be hectic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that kitchen in Midtown. So it was a day of, uh, one day of delivering the kitchen. Yeah, it's just The a- next day was all the other little shit that we couldn't fit and the tools. And then I took the ferry in for a week. So I would take the ferry to uh, right there by um, United Nations and walk like 11 blocks to the job. Work, you know. I know. That's take rough. the six o'clock ferry. Get on the six, the six or seven o'clock ferry home. The first year I was in business, we were doing for the same company. We did a lot of work for the company. The first three or four years we were in business, they, I mean, they pretty much fed me through for a while. But we were doing work all the way in the backside of Brooklyn. It was on Prohibis, so I, I you know all the way down Park Slope. Right, what's the main drag that goes down Brooklyn? Seven. Oh. Park Slope or Brooklyn? No, Fourth Bro- Avenue. Brooklyn. What's that? Atlantic. Atlantic. Oh, that goes across. Yeah, yeah. all the way, all Atlantic, the way in the back yeah. of Atlantic, man. And we work. We were doing trim install there. We do a lot of doors there too, but man, we would. I mean, the crew were at my house at four thirty, five in the morning every day. You know, it was like, oh man, I, I don't. And summer days, trying to get out of the city. <laughs> Forget about that. On Canal yeah. Street, just park for three hours, trying to get out. I was yeah. going to say, we just had a designer reach out about a job in Nantucket. Okay. okay. And I, so, I, I again, I priced it with someone else installing it, yeah. like just putting it on a tractor trailer and sending it up or us installing it. I'm yeah. like, okay, that's an eight-hour drive. Then we got to stay in a hotel. Then we got to come install it. Yeah. It's going to be too late to go home. Yeah. So, you're paying for two nights of a hotel. Yeah. So, it's like, a you know, ended up being like a $4,000 install or something. Granted, they went with somebody else, but... Yeah. It's funny. I'm doing a job for a uh, thoughtful carpenter down in DC. Uh-huh. What project we're doing? And yeah, I'm probably gonna try to shake down there one day. Shake back. We'll see how it goes. But you know, if I rent the box truck, get it loaded, we leave early in the morning, get down there early, hustle hard, get home. <sighs> I'll try it. If not, worst case, stay a night, make it an adventure. You know, 
I think that's the best part about carpentry, you know, is the adventure of it, you know. You know, you get to go places, do things different places, and it, if it yeah. does change, it's not the normal mundane thing. You're not always going to the office. And yep. Yeah, it might not be what we wanted, but it'll be a good story we could tell later on. Yeah, you always got to be thinking on your feet. That's a, that's what I like is, uh, you know, there's no for sure. It's always, well, maybe this will work, and if it doesn't, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Even that simple manor, like when we took it down, we built it a while ago. It's been sitting in the house is up on a big hill and yeah. the storms made it impossible to get up in there. And so it's, it's you just, end the, you end the, the, the finished properly cure is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's just it's a seasoning. simple yeah. C shaped mantle that yeah. kind of wraps around the, the, yeah. yeah, it's wrapped up right there in that blanket. And I looked up at it on the shelf. And I was like, you know, I hope I measured that right. Like, you know, because it's supposed to just go in around. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> but those are the sorts of thoughts you always have. You want to talk about stress. That's what I worry about every time when I through those doors. I mean, I got months in those doors, and that's what I'm talking about. It comes down to, like, the, the install. Like, you're like, did I measure right? Did I measure the arch right? Like, those arch openings. Like, what do we, I, I don't sleep the night before an install because I'm, like, worried about, is this going to fit in the yeah. opening? Did yeah. I measure everything right? And some of that stuff, it's knocked down. So I'm, I'm taking the template of the arch. And I'm literally scaling things all the way down to the profile of the trim that's going around the glass. Mm-hmm. And it's all based off the original arch. So, you know, if you mess up the arch template, you're literally going to have an obscure, obscure shape in the opening that's never going to look right. So yeah. you got to make sure, yeah, it's right. And that's why I always go back, template, I template, 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 because it never lies. You know. Yeah, when we do, like, a kitchen or something like yeah. that, that where it's, you know, capped on both yeah. ends. Yeah. I'm always happiest when the cabinet run will fit in inside yeah. the walls yeah. and everything. <laughs> I had a boss once. We we did a wainscoting, uh, a whole room of wainscoting. And he showed me how he laid it out. And he basically went downstairs to the whole room and laid out strips of, uh, basically plywood rips of four by inch. And he laid them out. And the whole room cut them and screwed them together. And then he went around the whole room and laid out everything on it. So this is the window where it is. This is where the outlet is. This is how far it is from here to here. So then he could get the perfect divide in the panel. And, you know, it was in a basement. So he would have put the panels in it as units. It wasn't one big panel, but he could take it home, lay it out in the driveway or in the shop, and then physically have the dimension of the room. No questions asked and always have a reference thing. Yeah. Yeah. We we do uh, a virtual version yeah, yeah yeah we'll draw it well, this up is before that yeah what they you say, guys uh, but i still i'm yeah. still concerned yeah. even when we know it's like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure yeah, yeah. absolutely so if you, you always want to try and think ahead and and head those problems off yeah absolutely knock on wood i haven't had this you know, i always claim that every door i've taken out of the shop has never come back to the shop so that's good you know yeah <laughs> All right. Haven't messed up any measurements that bad yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh let's open up the room to to uh to Clubhouse for a little bit here. Uh Lindsay, I see you in there. If you want to come up and uh and talk about what we were speaking about before, uh let me know. If not, uh anybody who wants to uh here we go. Hey Lindsay. Hey friends. How you doing? I'm doing great. Well, with everything said, I'm still doing, still doing great. Still have my head up. Good, good. So um, if you want to tell all the listeners what's going on and uh, give them a little backstory, uh, go ahead. 
Sure. So um, yesterday, my uh, Instagram account was hacked and is now being held for ransom. Uh, I don't know what the ransom amount is because I haven't responded to any of their messages. Um, but basically, they have full control of it, and I can't get it back at this point. Uh, and how this all came about uh, was earlier in the morning, I had received an email, um, which was kind of like a normal email that I receive as far as wanting to do either sponsorship or collaboration on my Instagram and wanting to um, send me some free things that I would basically account. And, um, you know, everything kind of looks straightforward for the most part for the email. They did uh, put in the email their Instagram account, and then they also had a link to their Instagram account. And this is kind of where the red flag that I would just put out to anybody. I should have known to just go to Instagram and then type in their account rather than using the little quick easy link. But, you know, of course, anytime you have the easy button, we go for that. So oh, yeah. I hit the link. Oh, yeah. It sent me to their Instagram account. I checked it out. It wasn't a fit for me. Um, and so I kind of just left it at that. Usually I follow up with emails at the end of the day, just letting people know like whether, you know, yeah, I'd like to move forward or not. Um, and so I kind of just put that in my later in the day box that I'll just, you know, come back to. So I cut to go around my day. And about two hours later, I receive another email, but this time it's from Instagram or so it assumes that it's Instagram. And it says, you know, you've been hacked. Uh, you need to log back into Instagram and it just kind of prompts me to log out. And so at this point, I kind of got that fishy already from the email, just how it was written. It said, hi, hi. And I was like, Instagram would be better about how they would do their, their writing, you know, <laughs> and it was just, it already seemed odd and I didn't click on any links or anything. It just automatically directed me to Instagram and like logged me out. So it took me a minute to kind of put everything together, but then I realized, ah, I was hacked. I got Rick rolled. Somebody got me. And uh, I reached out to my husband, Eric, and I said, hey, can you check out uh, my Instagram account and see if it's showing up on your end? Because I can't log in. It's not recognizing my phone number. It's not like recognizing my Facebook to log back in or to send any kind of like helpful links. So he checks it out and he's like, yeah, it's not showing up. It's gone. So cut to maybe like 30 minutes later, I get another email. And now it's kind of a hostile email of, we have your account. If you want access back to it before we delete everything off of it, you have two hours to respond. And um, I, uh, you know, I didn't respond to the email, but um, I just was at that point of, okay, well, let's let's see what what do they really want from me, you know? Uh, and I didn't respond to the email. Like I said, it just kind of was like, okay, I'll play this out. And then I get another email. We see that you've opened this email. You now have 15 minutes to respond. I'm thinking, God, they're getting really like, you know, crazy with it. So I go to YouTube and I kind of Google what's, you know, the, the resource of action here. How do I get it back? And it seems like this is kind of a common thing. There was another girl that had basically the same kind of situation as an influencer. And she thought, you know, the same kind of same kind of story was happening to her. She actually bought cryptocurrency to pay these people off and never got it back, which Whoa. to me seems crazy. I would never buy no, I've heard that. currency to pay somebody off. Anyways, so um, that's kind of where I'm at now. I definitely would say my lesson learned to everybody would be do the two-step authentication. I'm yeah. just messing that word up. But uh, it's basically just so that you have two different ways that like two forms of security to like save yourself from being, you know, hacked. Um, and so right now I'm at the, in the process of either may or may not get this account back. I might have to start completely from scratch. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. 
crazy. They're not they're not more responsive to that and don't have a bigger eye open to it. They're like, hey, wait a minute, this isn't right. Yeah, this is the real person. This is their account. We'll just give it back. Like it seems like people have to fight harder to get something back that's stolen from them than it is to take it. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's so easy. And this isn't the first case I've heard of this. No. I've heard of great carpenters, Brian, uh, Brian Gunther. Yeah, yeah, just went through it. And I know a couple other people, but yeah, it's it's why? Like, what are they gaining out of you? That bored? Yeah. And Lindsay, how many uh, followers did you have? So I had twenty two thousand. Um, Whoa. And I've worked really hard for that. Like I, I look at that as my community. I, I think this is something I say more times than not in the in the rooms. But I really believe in quality over quantity. And like that twenty two thousand was quality. Like yeah. I, I talk to those people. I do FaceTimes with them. Like my DMs on both ends, the primary and the unpri- like are full. And I feel like those are my genuine like friends and community. And some of them are like businesses. Like I communicate a lot of times with like different companies and brands. So like, I know that, you know, Kelsey works for this like tool company and her and I've gone back and forth, but now I'm like, was it Kelsey or is it Kristen? Like I usually, I know from that DM her name, but now I'm like, oh man, like it's, and how do I get back in touch sometimes with some of those those companies because that was my it was like my text message link or my my email link that now is gone and somebody else has control over yep yeah i hear you on that because you know we do a ton of communicating and uh networking on instagram so you know guys like tim we're always reaching out with you know asking for advice sharing ideas um talking with designers and builders and clients well Lindsay, let me ask you this what could we do um to help going forward. Uh, I think um, maybe you could, for whatever it's worth, our audience, you could let us know what your Instagram account was or might be if you opened up a new one. And maybe we could just start generating the word to to help regain some of those followers that'll be looking I greatly, for you. Yeah, I greatly appreciate that. I, I will say I'm not stressed about the number because I know like with anything, it was like hard work to get there, but like I would put the hard work in again. And if it was my true following base, like I've, I've already had people reach out to a couple of my friends where they went to retag me from their stories. And they're like, what happened to Woodbrain? I even had a company reach out to me because we we're supposed to work together. They wanted me to just do two Instagram stories and one, um, one static post for them. And she wrote me because she was just drawing up the, the contract and she wrote me an email and she was like, hey, I went to your Instagram account and I didn't see it. I was like, oh, that it's really killing me now. I actually, and I just got posted on Home Depot's website or on their Instagram account for um, National Women's History Month. That's and so right. same things, a couple of people tried to restory it. And then they wrote to me, they're like, it doesn't show up on your account. Like you're not showing up. So it's more, I think, yeah, to answer your question of like how you can help. And I, and I love that the community even wants to do anything to help. Like I've, I've gone back and forth between talking about, because I felt like I was almost a burden in the sense of like people really want to talk about, you know, tools and other fun things right now. But I guess it is good to know that this does happen. And like I said, if anything from this, that if we can all learn to make sure that we keep our stuff a little bit more secure and tight, um, especially because I didn't really realize how much that this is a form of my business and my money maker. And so now to have somebody like dirty it and have control over it is, um, it's a violation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, somebody, uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying your bank account, but it's like someone it's taking tool. control of your bank account. But it's a tool, though, too. I the mean, way I look at it is them having my phone and being able to, like, read my text messages and my emails. Not that I ever write anything inappropriate, but those are, like, 
sacred like emails and like text messages that I felt like I built a longing longing relationship and I would just hope that they don't have control to like jump in there and like muddy that. Yeah, and they're vital to, you know, the um, operation of your your business and your personal life. Like, you know, that's a personal thing and a and a real business tool that somebody came and and took. So to answer your question, going back, um, I will either my my mind is like I will have an Instagram account again, either the one that I had that I've built so hard, or I'll start from square one again and we'll build it up. But it will be wood underscore brain. Um, but another form of a way that you can help because another platform that I've spent a good amount of my time and effort and energy that I'm really trying to build up is my YouTube, uh, and I just finally hit where I'm able to monetize my channel, which is great for me. I I spent a lot of time. I spent a year. Uh, renovating my garage. So it was a year long video to get down to 14 minutes. And nice. I'm extreme, extremely, extremely proud of that video. So even just a, a quick watch or subscribe or a like button or a comment, like any of that would definitely help because if you know how that world works in the YouTube, like they might very much favor all of that. So I'm learning that the ask when it comes to that can never hurt. Yeah. And congrats on that. We're, uh, we're working our way up trying to get to that monetization point too. It's uh not easy. Those, you know, 4,000 hours is a long time. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. So you have to, on YouTube, to monetize your videos, to have ads where you can get a little bit of ad revenue, you have to have a, at least 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. Okay. And that's in a 12-month period. Okay. And that's that's actually what got me. I would say to anybody that does is doing a YouTube or is starting a YouTube, and I know that a lot of people say this, but consistency and really putting a video out all the time, because what I, I did in the beginning, I did put out a bunch and I took a little bit of a lag and that 12 month thing. And if I was so close to those watch time hours and it's like a trailing clock. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't keep up with that, once it came to a point where that loud time, I didn't have, an, I, I, you know, it's like it restarts over again. So I was constantly chasing like that. I'd be at like 3000 something almost for the 4000 watch hours. And it just kept like it resetting. So that um, my garage video sent me over the edge for sure, which was great. So like I said, anything, any of that kind of love um, always helps out. Yeah, definitely. So what we'll do is I'll, uh, I'll link your YouTube page down in the description of the, uh, the YouTube version of the podcast and the, sorry about the ring doorbell going off. That's my wife letting the dog out. <laughs> Let me put my phone on vibrate. Um, yeah, so I'll link that down in the description on the uh, the podcast version, so people will be able to click on it on the audio only and on the YouTube. So, I really appreciate that. And then just one last thing, I just want to say. I said the other day on the on the chat um, in the forum and Clubhouse, but uh, I heard a great talk about you know we put so much um, thought process or so much like clout behind numbers and followers, and um, sometimes we get wrapped up in that that number count. But at the end of the day, like if it all did go away, which, you know, and, and I'm living through right now, like, are you still good at the end of the day with you? Like you built something up, but it's like, you could always do it again. You know, your those creations aren't gone. The like relationships aren't gone. The things that you've built and who you are isn't gone just because of one platform that had this, you know, calculator of numbers. Um, and I think that was like a good, like almost an ego death when I heard that on one of the, the clubs. And I just thought, God, it's such a, um, and then for it to come full circle the next day for my account to be hacked, I thought it was like, wow, it was almost like the universe kind of giving me a sign. And I just think that if anyone could take that away of like, sometimes I see people like chasing that number or getting so excited about hitting a, a number and not to be, to take that away, but just to still at the end of the day, be like really good with you, you know, because at the end of the day, it is just us. Yep. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, before I forget, your wonderful husband, Eric, uh, he filled me in uh, on Clubhouse. If we're recording, um, I have to get a an acknowledgement from you knowing that we're, uh, you know, acknowledging that we're recording and that you know you're being recorded just so we don't violate any terms of service. So you have my consent to record <laughs> and all of this is your now property. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just remembering that. <laughs> So shameless little plug, um, my buddy Craig Cowan, we actually run a podcast as well called The Maker's Happy Hour. Nice. And I think about episode seven, that's when we realized we were kind of, we weren't asking um, in the end for it as like ownership. And so we actually kind of ran into a little bit and we ended up having a lawyer on our podcast. So learning a lot of the ins and outs of just making sure you ask the right questions and explaining at the end, like, this is now ownership. We own this property. It's such a weird thing to say, but yes, you have my consent. Yeah. Brave new world out there. Yeah. You got to learn the boundaries. I mean, you know, un it's been maybe unfortunate circumstances that led you here, Lindsay, but you are our very first female guest. So, yeah. Thank you. Woo! Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I'm honored, gentlemen. And I Adrian. Brought, well, I hope I brought some good value as the first female. I didn't get to talk about any woodworking or anything, but uh, maybe I dropped one knowledge bomb. We've been trying to break that barrier for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Only took us 26 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Adrian was the first, I believe, yeah. the first female listener in the room earlier. Yeah. Uh, from looking Thank at our, our analytics, uh, it's been 100% male from... <laughs> From the get-go, so congratulations. Yeah, we're like a heavy metal band. Yeah, two and And what an honor to have it happen in national history, or a woman's history. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right, look at us. Let's go. Well, we appreciate it, Lindsay. We'll link that down there to anybody out there listening. Please go check out Lindsay's YouTube page, and we'll keep you abreast of you know how the the recovery of your account's going. Yeah, keep us informed. I appreciate it. Thanks again, gentlemen, for having me. Oh, Thanks so much. Welcome. I'm, uh, I'm just going to move you down to the audience now just so we can keep things orderly. Um, if anyone else has anything to say, any questions for Tim, any comments, uh, feel free to raise your hand. We can bring you up. Um, if not, we got some questions here we can move on to. Uh, we'll move on here in the meantime. Um, Here's one that we talked about a while ago. I wanted to know about uh, that table saw accident that you had. Another cautionary oh, tale. Great, yeah. great story. Oh, man, it was just after I got married and I was working in a shop in my, uh, I'll say a friend's garage. We won't go down that road. Uh, and yeah, I was pushing a small piece through, kind of B detail, and uh, it snapped back and I had the blade high and my reaction was to kind of jumped my hands back. And when I jumped my hands back, uh, my thumb actually grazed the blade and almost flayed the, my right thumb, the left side of my thumb off. So it went down to the bone, kind of clipped the nail and took off the whole side of my thumb. So from there we went to the hospital and uh, I didn't lose the thumb, but they actually ended up uh, doing a skin graft where they sewed my pointer finger and my thumb together and took a piece of my elbow uh, to fill in the hole and sewed it like that for six weeks for blood circulation processes. So picture this just sewed together. Something out of the silence of the lambs. I swear it's to like God. like a human God. centipede kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> God, you, we were talking about that at the group on the way down here. Holy crap. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I was awake for it. Didn't have insurance. 
literally uh, had it done in the back room of a surgeon's office. And yeah, I watched him. It was uh, probably the most gruesome things I've had to go through. And uh, yeah, I thought about that every painful thing along the way, you know. And uh, yeah, it's how I keep my thumbs out of the table. Yeah. So now I was thinking about that. But yeah, it was six weeks sewed up like that. And then they took it off and it was just, I mean, it was bad. And uh, thank God the skin graft took and it wasn't a total failure. But still from there, it was still quite a long recovery. Let me ask you, how long did it take before you got feeling back in that? I still part? don't have great feeling over this thumb. And the scar yeah. tissue is awful. And like yeah. come wintertime, you can see it's all cracked and yeah. it, it gets really bad. But yeah, it... It never really, it took about a year and a half to get my hand strength back, which is the weirdest thing you don't think you lose, especially being your right hand. I'm right handed. Um, I wanted to be ambidextrous that year because literally I didn't have insurance. I was self employed and uh, I had to get back to work as soon as possible. I remember going to the doctor for a checkup and he just looked at the bandage I had in my hand like, what is wrong with you? Didn't I tell you to stay home? And it's like, I got got bills to pay. I was just married. You know, I, it was bad. (laughs) You know, God bless my wife for, you know, Sticking through it, but yeah, it was <laughs> it was not a great thing. And you know what? And you always remember that thing. Like I could show you, I could probably pull up the website with the kitchen on it and show you the detail I was making in that kitchen when I did that. You know, it was yeah. Keep that blade at the proper height. Yep, blade at proper <laughs> height. Get a stall stop. Use a push stick. Yep. Yeah. Use a push stick. Absolutely. Well, well, the old eleventh finger. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a. An accident where it took on my index finger, my left hand, um, much dumber, much dumber, not on the table saw, but it took about two years for the feeling to come back. I wasn't sure it would at first. I'll tell you, you know, you hit me hard once because I I stuck, I sunk a drill bit into my hand. I'm not proud of that one, but that actually (laughs) hit a nerve and I lost figure feeling in my middle finger and my ring finger for quite some time. Just the what it hit in my hand, which is, you know, this was, I always kind of felt that the nerves were there. This was weird because I hit a nerve, you know, uh, it was just, yeah. I know that feeling though. Of not yeah, I, was, I didn't know. If, yeah. It, now it's, it's been probably, I don't know, eight to 10 years. Did you hit it's, a tendon? Is that why? Or? It feels funny, but yeah. I can feel like yeah. I, what happened was, um, you know, those immersion blenders that you stick into, it's like a, yeah. a Cuisinart yeah. on a stick. I know what you're talking about. I got my finger caught in one of those. And I was home alone and I thought I didn't want to like I stopped the blender yeah, yeah. with the thing my finger. Oh. I thought, do I really want to look? I didn't oh, know. If I my remember finger was thinking that thought. When I hit that table saw, so I just grabbed my thumb. That's what I did. And I was at my buddy's house and his son, I'll never forget this. He was 15. He couldn't even drive. Yeah. We were working late. My buddy had to go get his daughter something. I looked at him, we gotta go to the hospital. He goes, yeah. I can't drive. I go, tonight you can. Yeah. Get your ass in the car. We're going to the hospital. You can drive tonight. Don't worry about it. If it pulls us over, I'll show him my goddamn thumb. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that night. Yeah. So, uh, lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your uh, finger out of sharp areas. Yeah. Right. Spinning blades. Yeah. Spinning blades. <laughs> and digits, you know? Yeah. We've, we've all done it. If you've, if you've been alive long enough. It's sad to say, my son. My son had a kitchen accident, kind of like yours. But you know oh, yeah. the vegetable, the mandolin? Oh, the mandolin, yeah. yeah. He went to go help his grandma, and it was fully loaded with cucumbers. He went to go help his grandma, and he knocked it off the table, and his fingers were in it. Oh, God. And it took off literally the two tips of his fingers. Uh, I'll never forget. I've never, like, been sick to my stomach. I can deal with most things, but when they unwrap yeah. that bandage, I know the feeling of seeing raw. Oh, yeah. The feeling of raw bone, like yeah. the air. 
I, I almost hit the deck. Yeah. And besides being <laughs> my son, yeah, I almost hit the deck that day. That was oh, not a good right. day. We got uh we got Tyler here on Clubhouse wants to All chime right. in. Yeah, let's go. Let's move yeah. on to something brighter. Yeah, <laughs> you asked, man. I don't we go down different roads. <laughs> What's up, Tyler? Hey, Tyler, All welcome. Right. Actually comment on the, the the drill bit and the body part. Yeah, <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> I have another not so exciting gruesome moment. Um more of a final destination type event i was doing some <clears throat> track saw work in the garage and had the dust collection hooked up to my McKeith track saw and my wire plugged in and i was just working some board shorts and some crocs in the garage and inconspicuously i had my uh dewalt excuse me my milwaukee driver and uh, craig square bit on the end of it about an eight inch drill bit and uh, i turned around tripped over the dust collection hose and my foot flailed back and impaled through the drill bit oh. and uh Ooh. so i was mid trip with the drill bit and i had to kind of catch my balance fall on the ground and uh, amidst the gushing of blood pulled the drill back out and screamed to wake up my fiance because this was like uh seven in the morning in the garage and she was still sound asleep so it was a bit bit traumatic and very final destination like <laughs> well best to do that first thing in the morning i mean yeah oh. man oh, that man. reminds me of uh Hospitals guy, are really busy first thing in the morning. <laughs> guy, uh, oh man, what's his name? Uh, Tools by Design, Travis down in Florida. He walked into a multi tool blade yeah. and ended up with like 30 stitches in yeah. his leg. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, that was crazy. Those yeah. are supposed to be like uh, where you take a cast off, it just vibrates. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. well, this is like now they make the super aggressive, like uh, Japanese saw oh, style. Yeah, too. nasty. Yeah, it'll get you. Oh man! Well, you, I I hope you're healed up. Yeah. Yeah. No, the nerve damage is I think the only thing that's left because it caught the foot in such a weird spot between the big toe and the first toe, right in the webbing there. Oh. Um, and it kind of <laughs> struck a nerve, and so anytime I bend the foot too much or kind of sit in that kneeling position, it kind of locks up on me and it comes up my whole leg. But nice. Well, wasn't much ask, the docs can um, do. What is it that you don't do anymore after that accident? <laughs> Well, I can't, uh, I can't, I guess, squat or what you want to call it. Yeah, squatting as much. Can't you, sit in that position. But do you still long, rock out with your Crocs? <laughs> no, that's the question. I live with the imperfections of my foot now. What about the Crocs, though? Uh, I hate to say it, but those are still uh, a stud. <laughs> he fails uh, to learn. <laughs> safety glasses now though oh, okay <laughs> all right on your foot <laughs> oh well, you know man. i was actually protecting from the dust <laughs> well we appreciate it tyler if you don't mind just give us uh your consent to record and uh yeah. what did Lindsay say that uh it's our property. the property of the american craftsman podcast yeah absolutely you guys can have my percent reform and um not a problem all right man Thank be you, well hey stop Hey, we got uh, we got Jordan and Sean that want to come up. Well, I'll bring both you guys up. Uh, oops, clicking around here. Hey, welcome, Jordan, Sean. Hello, 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 gentlemen. Before up, I guess uh, we'll do this beforehand. Uh, Give consent, us your consent yes. to record. Absolutely, you have my consent to record, and all recordings are owned by the 
podcast there. This is just seems so official. Yeah, <laughs> it, does. it does. I love you, it. You have my consent to make pennies on the dollar. From yeah, yeah baby. We'd be doing well if we can get up to making yeah, pennies baby. on the dollar. As you guys have heard, we've netted $24 in ad revenue off of this podcast over a six-month period, so we're doing pretty good. I'm worried about the commercial all of a sudden. Things are pretty good over here at Green Street. <laughs> you can almost afford a bottle, a gallon of Type Bond 3. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely not Type Bond 1. You can go get the Harbor Freight brand. Do they have no. some kind of blue? I don't know. I haven't been into a Harbor Freight in a long time. Well, but anyway, uh, so gentlemen, I just wanted to kind of jump on here and say, uh, one, I wear Crocs as well, so oh God. Uh, you know, I, I don't appreciate the non-Croc love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just looking at it from a safety standpoint. Uh, no, you can rock yeah, out with your Crocs out, but Crocs just are, not in the shop. Crocs are the safest shoe. Here, <laughs> you put them. You put them in action mode. You flip that little thing back. And oh, put them in action yeah. mode and you're good is that what that's called? I thought that was four-wheel drive. <laughs> I call it action mode. Yeah, <laughs> what, with the tab back? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see what Pat posted a few weeks back? It was super cold. The Mason was outside in shorts and a crock. It was oh. like zero degrees. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to say, I mean, this this is awesome. I, I appreciate you guys kind of opening this up to this new platform here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I have listened to a couple of your podcasts here. But, I mean, if you guys continue this, I, I find this to be... Uh, awesome. I love it. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I, uh, I'm enjoying it. The interaction and all that it's, it's spot on guys. I, I do appreciate you doing this. Uh, thanks so much. We appreciate it. It's, I mean, clubhouse has been a ton of fun for me, uh, in the past, uh, since Matt invited me, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, spending, a, an ungodly amount of time on it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got yelled at by the wife the other day for, that's me. Yeah. yeah. Being, being on Clubhouse during dinner, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, same like, here. Yeah, well, it, was, it, was a, it was a good conversation, babe. I don't know. She's just <laughs> jealous that she's not on Clubhouse yet. Yeah, I invited my wife. I gave her one of my first two invites, and I don't think she's even That's used it. I did not invite my wife. I Braver invited man than uh, woodworkers. So... You guys, uh, we're going to ask Tim another question, uh, and maybe you could chime in after that. Um, Tim, what's your favorite project of all time, or or maybe of you know recent memory? Of recent memory, favorite job. Hmm. Hmm. Man, it's a tough one. Possibly. It's like choosing your favorite kid. Yeah, no, it really is it's a tough one. I mean, uh, I'll say probably the Hampton Court project we did four years ago, which is a massive undertaking for my small company where we did, like, the whole facade. So there was, like, 11 cornices or corbels we did on it. Wow. And all this crazy gingerbread cutout and cookout. I mean, cutout. Um, massive moldings, huge peaks. And it was, like, three units we did initially, and then we got to go back and do a fourth. And then there was two bay windows in the back. Or was it we did two and then three? But it was a big project for us. It was a really big undertaking for us. What material did you use? All Spanish cedar. Nice. You can taste that. I don't know if you've ever had to work with Spanish yeah, cedar. Yeah, you get a nice sinus infection every time. <laughs> yeah, dude. You get that one. And the funny part is I was like talking to the historic guy, Dan, about it. He goes, yeah, that's why bugs hate eating it. And I'm like, oh, uh-huh. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh, you know? 
But yeah, his uh, Hampton Court, it was a really cool historic project we did a long time ago. Is there any link available where uh, listeners could check it out? You'd have to it? scroll back four years in the Instagram, really, and okay. find it. Um, yeah, it's back there. You'll, I'll, be, I'll post some stuff tomorrow about it. Cool. That um, might be cool. Yeah, I'll post some, some pictures about what we're talking about today. That was probably one of the coolest projects we've done, largest ones. Um, the last set of doors we did were, was pretty pretty cool. We really enjoyed that set. They were pretty intricate. They brought up some great challenges yeah. with some details. I had to you know, bust out my glue gun and do some extra special things on the <laughs> tools, as you know I do. But Yeah, that was uh, it, very close to the uh, the doors and bed sty that we... Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the one with the arch, right? Yeah, the yeah, arch yeah. one. They had like, you know, the weird... Didn't something happen the... with the glass was wrong yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had bad glass show up on that one where the... <laughs> The glass company, I sent them a template. It's simple. Here's your template. Make the glass to this. Yeah. I get the glass back overpriced as usual. Whatever. Don't care. I'm dealing with a secondhand guy. It's my local guy. I like him. I don't care. And uh, they didn't bring back the template. I didn't think anything of it. I let the glass sit in the shop for like a month. Destroy the evidence. Didn't even think about it. And I go to set the glass because, you know, it's coming up soon. I'm like, I'll set the glass. I'm just, I got a day to get this, you know. That's what's great about the doors sometimes is I can get them built and then they can sit and then as I do like the glass comes in I'll just set the glass the hardware and little things we can work along the way and uh yeah they flattened out the arch like you wouldn't believe so the arch wasn't what it should have been I called the guy but he's just I'm like where's my template he's like nobody can find a template I go well you owe me new glass <laughs> and I brought him a new template and I showed him everything and it was all right here you go and a few weeks later a third of the time it took me to get the original glass I had new glass yeah. miraculously so but that, yeah, it happens. That's pretty cool. So what makes something your favorite project? Is it the challenge or is it yeah. something else? No, it's a challenge. It's, you know, overcoming, you know, the fact that we're not, the, I'm not the largest or we are not the largest, you know, we, you know, we don't have all the greatest technology. We're competing against a lot bigger companies that probably have, you know, more employees that can pay cheaper and all the technology to do it a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and then there's, you know, the physical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the job at Hampton Court, I mean, we were four or five stories up over, you know, the Brownstones street, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> but what does that get you to do? It gets you to focus and get your job done. Yeah. You're not on the phone scrolling through Instagram at that point. No. You're no. worried about either falling off the roof and get, or getting your job done. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's definitely the mental or the mind challenge that I love. I love just being just engulfed in it and being perplexed. Like, how am I going to do this? Like literally, how am I going to do this? And then you just break it down piece by piece. So that's a bit like us. We yeah. Yeah. we like to accept the job and then go to each other. So what do you think? How are we going to do this? Yeah. Well, it comes down to piece. By, <laughs> I say piece by piece. So like last set, we started out with the. I started with the door structure and then the frame and kind of work backwards from there. But you break it down into it. But then it's like okay, I got the arch molding. I got to do you know okay that's certain circumferences and they got the inside circumferences, and then you have the door molding that's different circumferences so all that i get like we're super into you know like just the, the arch moldings and okay now we're done with that now we're getting the details of the door the doors had got like these weird barrel turn pieces but aren't quite round they're almost like they're almost leaning down they weren't straight out at you so i had to figure out how to like recreate that so that it was almost like the ball was dipping out of the door it wasn't setting on the door it was, it was a weird kind of detail but then it had like two pinwheels on either side i had to figure out how to make and then it had you know, these weird swoop pieces that I had to, like, basically manipulate knives that weren't meant for that, but to do that out of the hussy, 
which is just, you know, every aspect of carpentry you want to really get into, you know, it's like. Do you do any carving on any of that? No, but I have done some carving. Yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy the carving. I have done some recreation carving pieces. Um, There was a door in Brooklyn we did on, uh, I'm not going to think of the name. I can post about it tomorrow too, but where around either side were two hand carved columns that went down either side of the, the door itself were pretty elaborate. And they took quite some time. Yeah, carving's yeah. no joke. That's yeah. that's time consuming. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the real deal. I hit Tim up about those table bases, yeah. the, oh. the gaudy soprano ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he made me feel. Cr- <laughs> 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 Apparently, I was the taker at that number. <laughs> yeah, funny. even that number was too high for her. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. getting prices of thirty k a piece. Yeah, and that was being carved in China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that was another one of those adventurous kind of. Yeah. Uh, Exchanges. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the clock here. We're already an hour and five minutes in, so we yeah. better start blazing through some of these questions. Does anybody out there listening have anything to chime in uh, and contribute as far as uh, um, Tim's uh, projects or maybe of their own briefly? Yeah, yeah. I, I got a question for Tim and uh, Jeff and you guys. Uh, you talked about pat, packing everything, including the kitchen sink. What's a job that you didn't, you forgot a tool and you had to improvise <laughs> Every <on>. job. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> yeah, it seems that there's always one thing that you're like, man, wish I had the so-and-so. Uh, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just recovering from a burn from... The, the same mantle thing, oh, yeah. having to grind something off. We had to cut, we had to cut the bolts down. So the uh, with the, nothing to hold it except yeah. your hand. The house we're going to tomorrow. We did a we installed a black sapili barn door. Um, you guys may have seen it. It's probably uh, I don't know going back ten weeks ago yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and one of the lag bolts was actually would have went right into the vent pipe. They had the vent pipe coming out of this. I don't know what the hell they were doing, but they had the vent pipe coming out of the um, the door wall of the bathroom and then going through the ceiling, out the side of the house or something. So we had to cut cut this one uh, lag bolt down. And Rob is out there, like, cutting it while holding it with a pair <laughs> of channel locks and, you know, with a grinder and got totally burnt up. Yeah, all the sparks flying and, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we always forget something, or it's it's mostly you don't have something that you need because you didn't expect to encounter something. Yeah, I mean that's why I like being in the shop because everything is just you know it's for it's the the furthest away it is is thirty six feet. Yeah. So uh, everything is here. It's within reach. It doesn't have to be unpacked. It's not you know buried underneath the fifteen sustainers I have in my in my truck. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, Jordan, have you ever done that? Constantly. It's <laughs> it's constantly from the house to the barn and back and forth. Because it's the, I don't want to grab, drag the entire shop over. So you try to take the arm load or cart load of stuff that you think you need. And yeah, then it's walking back over. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the life. I mean, yeah. I get more exercise. You just you can't forget it. You just bring it all. Yeah, yeah. I'll say on on uh, installs, what happens is, so you show up, you bring in whatever you're installing, and then you grab your tools. 
And you always like have this lofty idea, like we're not going to need the grinder. And so you bring in just like the bare minimum and you always end up, there's five or six trips back to the yeah. truck to get all these things that you didn't think you were going to need. And everything's dug out of the truck. It's a total yeah. mess. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like at the end of the day when I tell a helper to pack up, same thing. I'm like, hey, maybe we can start packing up. I don't really need that, that, and that. It turned around just the other day. I was like, just break everything to back out. We need it all again. Just don't, don't do anything. We actually, we just got a, I just got an email in because I got my laptop here now. Uh, a comment on the last episode. What's your wood filler preference? How do you tackle wood imperfections? And do you use CA glue, epoxy, etc.? So we'll send that over to you. Uh, I mean, yeah, we use epoxies. Um, use filler. What kind do you like? Filler. I mean, filler. I mean, I usually make my own. You can make your own out of epoxy too. You know, the same way you make with anything. With some dust. Sawdust, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a great, great method right there. That's our. Kind yeah. of go to, yeah. yeah. Especially for exterior, you can use epoxy. Yeah. So, which uh, Freddie Rome was telling me that one. So, he's a beast. Yeah, I love Freddie. Period craftsman yeah. on uh, Instagram. Great. Yeah, I'm like a type on three and then sand over yeah. top of it kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Something small. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if it's stain grade, I mean, there's not really a lot you can do aside from that. Except say it's character. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. character. You, know, you want to paint it, you get painted, but that's that's character. Yeah, right. and you know it hides a lot better on stain grade. Yeah. yeah. Um you could have a ding like in something stain grade and not see it, but yeah. painted. Yeah. There's, there's yeah, no you'll see the ding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's weird what shows up here and there. There's yeah. like there's a little knot in the side of that cabinet if you see it yeah. up there. And there's probably like it was probably like yeah. one of those little cracks in the middle. We just filled it, yeah. you know. Because you you're not gonna lose that great board no. over that. Well, I just did all those, those slab doors for Anthony, um, his builder I'm working for right now. Fantastic builder. I mean, I, I enjoy watching him talk to architects and designers because it's not often that a, a builder puts an architect and a designer in his place, like in schools. <laughs> and I'm like, when I showed up to give him a sample, I watched him like talk and I was like, yeah, I'm going to work for you. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of those builders I just knew was a fantastic builder, detailed detailed guy we've been waiting to find somebody yeah. like that dude this guy anthony if, if i if he's got extra stuff and he always does i'll definitely talk to you guys about it later um we do those slab doors and they wanted gnarly white oak and gnarly white oak came split cracked chunked i mean it was all all over the place so yeah we got a whole bunch of uh, mohawk epoxy and filled in that stuff and went, went about it that kind of way nice you know? yeah i wanted to ask i was talking to rob about uh you, you know you're building those stave core doors yeah. with, with what alder on the outside yes. now do you make those veneers yourself or you get yes. them from somewhere no i, I made the veneers okay, cool. so i resaw down some <laughs> probably way too thick stuff like five quarter down to like half inch and i just started planing it down with yeah, my yeah yeah so it's down to a quarter inch thick right now quarter inch heavy so that'll get glued down and then i'll probably bring it down about three sixteenths when it's all finished nice yeah because we you know, we we always build it solid, but yeah. we're looking at. This is the first time, actually. I'm I'm being challenged by a friend on this one. Um, and I explain why afterwards. But uh, buddy, my Justin. Uh, oh, Justin's got a question in here. Oh yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, he said he did. Yeah. He's a good <laughs> friend of mine. If you if you know me on Instagram, yeah. you message me. I'll I'll message you back, dude. We're usually pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Within a day or so, like I network the hell out of people and. Um, I was telling these guys, I'm in a couple groups where I talk with guys on the day, like a bunch of woolen carpenters, where it's it's fantastic to have that, like, camaraderie. You know, it's not just about the likes and the, you know, posting stuff and getting the business, but sometimes finding other like-minded carpenters like yourselves yeah. or yeah. other people, like, that you we're all like-minded. We're all, you know, we're all a little bit off the edge. We're all thinking about, <laughs> we're all thinking the same, too. We're all, you know, reading, leading to that goal of, you know, getting yeah. 
project complete and working with wood and yeah yeah we hopped know. on like a 40 minute phone call with a dude in michigan a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah. talking about the feet for this yeah you know yeah, he was big help too. he's like hey call me tomorrow at 10 o'clock i'm like okay <laughs> yeah yeah no it's crazy some of the stuff that like goes down in the group like we'll all of a sudden just go off on nail or sanders uh the ride here we're talking about michael keaton Hell, you know what I mean? like, well, that's the real cool thing about this clubhouse yeah. is, you know, this room called In the Shop. Shout out to all you people down there because I know you're all all part of that room. Um, this room has been going. If you don't know what clubhouse is, clubhouse is like an all audio social media. So there's these rooms, you call them, and then um, you can join the room and there's a speaker or sp- yeah. or multiple speakers and you can raise your hand and be invited up to speak. Um, so in this room, in the shop, everybody's just in there. You know, the shot, the, this thing has been going for, I don't know, over a week now, maybe 10 days. Um, and everybody just all day is just bullshitting about stuff in the shop yeah. or we're talking about this yeah. coffee milk thing yesterday. Right. Yeah. For, you know? That's literally what it is on Instagram with yeah. a bunch of carpenters. You know, yeah. it's, it's great. You know? <laughs> but also, if we want to lead our opinion, like mm-hmm. I brought up that contracted thing. Like it was a heated subject a couple weeks back, but I don't go public with this stuff. I don't talk about it, but I can lean towards these carpenters who other people that are, you know, also alone, like I am. Like, we don't have, like, our, you know, you guys got each other. I'm sure you guys talk yeah. about yourselves, but, like, we talk you're by yourself, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're shot by yourself, you're talking to yourself, and, you know, at some point, you got to lean out and, you know, talk to somebody else. Imagine this podcast, but eight hours a day. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. This, More and person. I couldn't wait to get over, obviously. <laughs> that was great. I'm insane. I'll be down. This, uh, this next question is perfect. It fits into what we're talking about now. Yeah. Uh, how has social media affected your business, and how do you think it has and will affect the industry as a whole? Uh, it's brought me great business. Um, it also, like, I don't know. Like, my wife thinks, like, I, I, I think I'm some good-looking god at some point but I, like, I really am like i feel even more humbled because like i see even more out there and know even less and mm-hmm. i feel like i feel like the smarter you are the less you know and you should know that because yeah. you realize there's more out there than you could ever possibly know yeah you know and this is also something we've talked about with the whole fine carpentry and, and framing and you know everybody's a fine carpenter or, or a framer you know what i mean like and really we're just all carpenters and we should know it all well wow, willie's got a question about that Okay, all right, we'll get down that rabbit hole then later. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's brought me great business. I mean, I last quite few projects, a couple projects have been on for Instagram, which mm-hmm. has been awesome, you know, but it also puts you out there, you know. It's kind of like you're on a platform. You got to, you know. Got to watch what you say. Yeah, <laughs> you do, and I do. You know what I mean? There, yeah. There's no yeah. reason to be negative on here. It's, no, it should no. be a positive platform. We should be building each other up, and we should be helping each other out. Like, yep. I feel like there's too many places where people tear each other down, tear each other down, I should say. Um, yeah, and it that's sucks. a good point. You know, like, and, you know, we do see some things we don't like. I try to keep my mouth quiet. Like, not everybody does the greatest work or has the greatest design. You know, yep. somebody not like, might not like the stuff I built. That's fine. That's great. We all have our opinions. But I, I feel as a whole, like, we should be just helping each other out. Like, that's what the greatest part about this is, like. Before this, I only knew like a handful of carpenters, like Instagram, and I can only thank my my old apprentice Brian for getting me on Instagram. And now I have all these great friends. You know what I mean? All these yep. carpenter friends beyond like my one buddy Scott and this other guy. You know, my old mentors like that I knew because my friends worked for them, or I answered a Craigslist ad. You know, like and so happily to find a couple good carpenters. Like now you can pick and choose who you want to be your friend and who you follow in this trade. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past, like, you know, before social media, um, 
let's say you live, you know, you lived in this town, town A, and in town A there was only half a dozen guys that did what you did. Yeah. Well, now I'm talking to guys in California, in Australia, yeah. in New it's Jersey, crazy, right? and yeah, and I can reach out and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or I saw you did this. How did you do it? Or yeah. what did you charge for that? Yeah. So it's uh, if you're not using it to your advantage, you're you're really yeah, you're messing crazy. up. It, right. it's, it's a tool. I can, that's why I kind of I don't post that much anymore. Like I got into the stories and I get to put myself out there and show what I do on a daily basis without like glorifying my work and putting it up on a pedestal. Like, oh, look at this, how sweet it is. Like, no, I'm a carpenter every day. This is what I do. I'm a goofy dude. I'm, I love what I do. If you know that, like, if you don't know me, it's what I do, you know, and I, I don't know. Can't, can't say much. Yeah, I mean, it. we, this same thing. It's what we do. It's like I live, breathe, and eat yeah. woodworking yeah. And, and furniture making. Like it, it sucks. My wife says it. She goes, yeah, woodworking's here. I'm here. Kids are here. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't mean it to be like that, but like that's how it came in my life. And that's how like I got to stack the cubes. Like, yeah. And, and it sucks. Like, I love my wife. Don't get me wrong. I, I put her up here. Like, and I would do anything for her and my kids above woodworking, but. Yeah, you put it up there, you know, because you have to. I mean, you're putting that much heart into a piece. Look at that piece you have across over there. That's yeah, not me. It's all covered up, but, shit, but yeah, I can see just out of the corner. We'll, it, have you know, to, like, we'll have to uncover it and show you. Yeah, like it's not made by just not caring, coming in and, and punching a clock and typing on a thing. It's made by like pouring your heart out through your hands. Yeah, so, and I just couldn't see it doing it any other way. Like, uh, you know, uh. it's it's not worth doing um, half-assed. You know, no, no. It, it's nice to get the. The social aspect of it. No, you that's, talk that's and you the share. great part. It makes me feel less loony to be out there. Yeah, less alone, less yeah. isolated. But yeah. there's, like, great example. We contacted you. First thing, uh. oh, here's a here's a job that's asking for a door. Uh. We, yeah. Tim's the expert. Let's call uh. Tim. Lucas with the hinges. Yeah. We uh. have a problem with these hinges. Who, uh. How can we possibly get these made? Yeah. Well, Lucas might be able to do something like this. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like I, I do. I do a little more privately with, with a couple of groups I'm in. Um, but it's it's fantastic to be able to like. I mean, this morning somebody asked something. It was literally eight different people were able to like respond like that or give their opinion by the end of the morning of, of what they think and their what they would do. Yeah. So it's it's great, great tool. You know, for either getting your work. I mean, obviously putting yourself out there, but but making friends and you know getting other mentors and. Yeah, connecting. Yeah, growing as a craftsperson, yeah. you know. If learning. you're just putting it on there, to, you know, to 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 load yourself and you know, love yourself and get your likes, that's, that's great. You know what I mean? And follow your followers. That's great. <laughs> I don't have that many followers. I mean, I, I think I have around five thousand, which I'm fine with. I'm, I I earned that. You know, I'm very proud of that number. But like, do I want to get to like the other people or like any girl on there who's got like. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, you're just like okay, that's great. That's what we need know? some bikini shots. Yeah. We're about yeah. five thousand. Not us in there. No, no. no. <laughs> no. Thank God, I, you know, social media was around when I was younger and I didn't wear a shirt. You know? <laughs> Summertimes would be boots, tool belt, you know, shorts, you know, that's it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, that's the classic hot, look. Uh, those, yeah. those hot summertime <laughs> jobs. I'd be, I'd be calling me Timmy Browns back in the day. So I, was like, I was literally just a dark, yeah. dark. The, with the, like the plastic, yeah. uh, you know, Zinc coated nose, nose and the tops of your ears would get really hard. Oh too, my yeah. god, it was it was awful. I'm still fearing the skin cancer yeah. coming from that. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, that's what they would say. It's like, how dark are you gonna get? Yeah. My boss is coming on the house, man. You paying me for that tan, Tim? Like, like is that Dominican Tim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Well, we got some questions here from the listeners now that we're going to move into. I like this first one. Yeah, this is from our buddy Alec, Alhead Woodco, you know? No. He's, he's another another Jersey guy. Yeah, and one Al- of our patrons. Is he out of Bud Lake, I think? He's actually, he might be out of my home. No, no. he's in Woodbridge, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. But he, uh, this is his question. He said, how does it feel to know that it's called pork roll and not Taylor Ham? I don't know. The people in... I, I will go and always order Taylor ham and cheese. That's it. That's it. The people in Clubhouse are probably cracking up because... So we got on this whole thing yesterday. Uh, Dre, I don't know if she's in here, was talking... She's from Rhode Island, and they have this uh, coffee syrup. So, like, there's, what? like, chocolate syrup. You make chocolate milk. Okay. This is, like, a Rhode Island thing. It's coffee syrup to make coffee milk. So you okay. mix it in with your milk, and it's, like, a coffee-flavored milk. Oh, like yeah. Manhattan Special with milk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a couple people had ordered it, uh, and I said, well, if you're going to start, like, ordering stuff from States, you got to get on and order yourself some pork roll. Yeah. So I was talking about it in the uh, in the clubhouse room yesterday. I remember going to New York City when I was young and tried to order in Taylor Ham, and they looked at me, and my even my boss, I like, I'm not going to know what that is. I'm like, we're not that far away. It's all bacon in the city, I feel I, like. Yeah, no, it is. Bacon I know it is. Yeah. I Everybody, when I came out here to New Jersey, everybody said, oh, yeah, you got to have, like, pork roll. I'm like, what's Taylor that? Taylor let's just get this straight, all right? Well, no, it's pork I ordered roll. one. I know it, down south. And I don't <laughs> like it. Say it down here. Oh, but no. it's so good. You don't like it? I don't like it. <sighs> I had it on Saturday. No, it's not for me. I always have some in the fridge. It's, yeah. It's There's a place the up, up the highway right here called Slater's, and you get a pork roll, egg, and cheese, and the pork roll is yeah. this thing. Yeah, that, that's, No egg, but yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't handle cheese, that. Yeah. Yeah. All day. <laughs> John Taylor. He's got to be from Jersey. <laughs> that's a Jersey. Yeah, place. yeah. He's in Woodbridge, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> you got this next one from, yeah, Wild, yeah. from Will? Wild Willie. He wants to know, Tim. Explain your thoughts on being a well-rounded carpenter as opposed to a one-trick pony. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I can't be, I'll bash my head against the wall if I'm stuck in the shop all day. But I get sick of smacking things around with a hammer. Yeah. So, like, it's just, um, I'm always a kid that's just in different directions in my head. Like, and I love every aspect of it. Like, I just can't, I could never hang up my framing rig. And I oh. don't think I'll ever will. As old as I am, I'll be that old timer out there cutting the rafter, still sticking up a stick. But will I find myself being the shop more and more? Yeah, because I know my body can't take it. Yeah. I mean, we did. We did some heavy production stuff for a long time, and it was just hell on your body. But I just too, too, I don't know, energetic to be in a shop all day. So <laughs> give, give our listeners three different things that you've done that... I was going to say, if you, uh, if you know Tim's Instagram, he's last week jacking up a house and putting new framing underneath of it, building these older doors and... Uh, I think you're building what some oak doors too. I'm building oak doors, and uh, we're setting a kitchen, building um, decks, yeah, door all the historical doors. Working on that stuff for DC, those crazy corbels, corbels, yeah. I mean, pretty much anything, anything to make sawdust. I mean, I think that's part of being a carpenter. Like I don't label myself as you know a finisher or a framer. You're like Norm. Yeah, it's just you should be. I don't know, and I think it all kind of connects. Mm-hmm. It really should, and you. you like, I don't go outside that either, too. So it, it comes with boundaries. Like, I'm never going to try to do your plumbing or your electrical either. So yeah. I walk into a situation. If that's in the way, like, yeah, I'm a deer in the headlights. I can get around it and work with it. I'm not saying I'm total fancy when it comes to it. But Got to choose your battles. Yeah, but, like, really, like, I, I'll just choose one all day and just work with it. 
<laughs> no, I can respect that because I, I come from a finished carpentry background. Uh-huh. So I, I was a finished carpenter and then I became a cabinet maker and then and we started Green Street like, you know, almost two years ago. So I, know, I um, just feel like it should be a progression because like, dude, I think the young kids should be out there framing like hard. You know what I mean? Like it's hard work. It's, it's, it's yeah. for a young body. Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's not easy. Just swinging the hammer all Yeah, that. and we got it easy now. We got guns these days. You know, yeah. you know, light guns. I mean, dude, you know, you ever pick up an old Hitachi? Big I use, boy, that's dude. all I use, a coil. 50, yeah, 50, yeah, dude. Big old coil Hitachi. You can smack a stud around with that thing. Yep. You can set a header with it. 82A or whatever they are. Yeah, like, and I, that's what I still rock. I still yeah. love that bad boy. That's a but, great, it's a great nailer. Like, I know after, like, that last deck I did, like, my, you know, I looked at each other, like, mm, maybe not built for building decks no more, like, because I'm, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not. We built this deck out here in the summertime. I was shot. Yeah. A, I'm like, this is hard work. Yeah, I'm like, slam this. Boy, that. this is nice. Why don't you guys, you guys could do this. I no, we can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're built for this deck, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I'm I guess. To, That's what I started doing, and we used to, I mean, I worked for this company at a, we were, I was out of high school, but it was freeborn decking. And we used to, I'm telling you, slam decks. We used to show up a deck like yours. We'd be home by lunch. Oh, God. Yeah, three of us would show up. The footings would be set, dude. One guy slid, step on the ledger. We'd be nailing the girder together. The other guy would be working on some stringers. Like, it was nuts. Like, and we'd be home by no time. Like, we did some production decking. Well, you know, it's a ton of fun working in that kind of environment. Oh, because yeah. when I was a finished carpenter, so I worked for a custom builder. Yeah. And I was the lead finish carpenter. But when there was no finishing going on, I was working with the framers. Yeah. And getting in a framing crew that's fucking hitting on all the, the firing on all cylinders yeah. is so exhilarating because yeah. things are just, are manifesting themselves in front of you at so air. quickly. At air, you ever walk on site? We did a job. It was great. We were, we did a job right on the Hudson. And we walked on slabs. We left with three-story buildings. You know what I mean? You're on top of this three-story building. Look over all the stuff you guys literally pulled out of nowhere and stacked sticks on and nailed together. It's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. You know? But don't get me wrong. I'll split a 30 seconds on a, you know, a miter and just be just as happy as I was standing on top of those those buildings. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, well-rounded. You got to love every aspect of carpentry. And if you haven't, you, you go out and try it. Go, mm-hmm. go, go do something in carpentry and bid on a project you've never done. Yeah. And see see what you can learn out of it, even if it's just a small little bit of framing, or you're adding that framing into your job, like you're doing a built-in, but you got to frame a wall. Do it, you know. Try the spackle. You're gonna suck at it. Spackling's hard, but <laughs> after a while, you learn it. You know, you get it. There's one more tool in your belt that you don't have to rely That's on right. somebody else yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, like you see, I just did. I wrapped up a, a bathroom kitchen. I was a bathroom like renovation kitchen, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, come to the end of the day, I had to do touch up, paint, you know, every little aspect of it that I'm not going to call somebody else to do. It's my little project and we'll take care of it. Yeah. And who knows, you know, economy could collapse tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you better know how to do something. Right. And the more you know, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. So I don't think, be a one trick pony. I think I the first job plastic. into COVID was Arbors. We did a whole bunch of Arbors. And my buddy asked, do you need help? I was like, no, nah, I got this. And you, you see the videos. I built those Arbors all by myself and they're big ass. They were big ass Arbors. I didn't have one stick of help. I had Piper. <laughs> you know? She's so quiet. I forgot she was down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, She gets herself comfortable. Becomes a doormat. She's good. So, yeah. Well, she's a great dog. Yeah. Uh, where are we well, at now? I think she's asleep. I don't understand yeah. this next question, but uh, I'm sure you're going to get it. Ask Tim when he's coming to get his planer. That's uh, Justin De Palma. Son of a gun. <laughs> but I'm done with it. 
I'll get into the detail off that off air, but yeah, very soon. Very soon. There's a backhanded question to that. I I, uh, I owe him a little bit of work, and I'm working on it right now. I think just say? Justin does a podcast too, right? Yes. What's yeah. the name of it? Uh, against the Grain, I believe. Okay, yeah, Him yeah. and Freddie Rome. I'm pretty sure I've listened to it before. I'm I'm really bad at remembering people's names yeah. and. But, Justin uh, Palma is uh, is ridiculous craftsman. Seen yeah. some windows that he built that were yeah. like, yeah. Wait till wild. you see what he's got going on right now. He's building some beautiful, beautiful doors. Um, we are kind of working on something together. It's his project, so I'm honored to be working with him on some oh, stuff. Yeah. Nice fellow Jersey guy. Yeah, no South Jersey, about you know as far down. He's actually below the Mason Dixon line, so it's actually yeah. the South. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, Mason Dixon line goes through New Jersey. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, you want to ask one more question and check on the uh, clubhouse uh, gang? See yeah, yeah, something? we'll see if everybody wants to come up. Uh, so this is from I want to say it's Joffit Joffit Hernandez on Instagram. How heavy is that Milwaukee bag? Just talking about your new back, yeah. backpack, I guess. And uh, any recommendations for a good job site table saw? Uh, I like my Bosch uh, personally. I've always liked forty one hundred. Yeah, yep. table saw. Um, and the Milwaukee bag is going to be as heavy as you pack it with crap. I mean, mine's not that heavy, like I said. I shaved a bunch of weight off of it, and it's the the bag itself is lighter than the toolbox. So right there, you're saving some core weight on it, and just the way you're able to hold it, like the toolbox, you were holding it out, like you were banging this heavy plastic thing against yourself or against anything around you. That thing, I literally throw it on my backpack like a kid going to school, and I feel like a kid going to school is awesome. <laughs> I got called an influencer. Fuck, uh, Sweden called me out on it. He's just like, look at you, influencer. I'm like, but I just like my new toy. When you you know you're excited about something, yeah. like. That thing I took on the job, my it was that bathroom job I just finished up. I had a bunch of punch lists to do all around the house. And I was able to run from spot to spot with what I needed and the stuff I needed to work with without having to like make multiple trips or worry about hitting anything. Yeah. So when I did hit something, I knew it was a nice soft cushy bag that wasn't hurting anything. That that's the thing. I don't know how much time you spent on the subway. Maybe not during like COVID times nah. now, but you know, when you worked in New York, yeah. you rode the subway. So that everybody had these soft bags yeah. because you had a, you know, just getting in and out of the subway station yeah. was a trip. Yeah. You know, you know, things with wheels are fine on the, on the level sidewalks, yeah. but you have to hump them up the steps or whatever. So you, we all went to these yeah. soft bags Oh man. and short levels, yeah. everything that would, you know, just kind of fit. Yeah. It's funny. Have you seen painters? roll through the city with with bags like that Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I haven't seen carpenters do it too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine being a carpenter in the city um, trying to travel the subway. Well, you know, you got the job box at the job, and then you have your little kit that you don't want to leave. I remember just carrying my lunchbox from the ferry to (laughs) the job. Like, you know, I have, like, like one of those, but hard. Yeah. yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. yeah, no, I had that too. And I do brownstones. I have like you know the take home, which is my my now my tool bag, which I have a problem with my lunch bag. And then uh, usually my drill box. I'm attached to my drills for some reason. Like that's one box that always comes home with me. What do you got? What kind of drills you got? Uh, I have Bosch drills, which I I like. It was it was the platform my old boss had. So when I started my company up I don't know, seven years ago, that's literally what I went into. And I they've been. You know, it goes, you buy one kit, you buy another kit, and then you buy another kit, and the first kit dies, so you kind of move down the line. Yeah. But recently, I went back to Makita, and I actually really like the Makita again. I'll probably continue buying some more Makita stuff, because I just got the the skill saw, which is sweet, that uh, battery-powered skill saw. Is it the black one? No, the one, the free one that came with the kit. Yeah, it's a side, it kind of looks like a sidewinder. It's yeah, really yeah, tight. Yeah. yeah, I got that free with a kit. That thing is sweet. 
Sweet. I love that I thing the, in the shop. The router right behind that white oak right there. Yeah. It, that thing is slick. The 18 volt router. Yeah. No, so I have like I I had my first drill was a rigid. Yeah. So those uh I didn't have anything at that point. So then when those started to like kind of shit out, I yeah. bought Bosch and then yeah. the rigid became the home drills. Yeah. So now the Bosch is the home drill and I got Makita in the truck. Nice. Very nice. No, I originally was Makita because that's what you had back in the day. Like, mm-hmm. all right. So the, the story is, I was at my a company when I early twenties. You know, everybody thinks they know what they're doing. So back in the day, I was a company called Busy Bay. I in my early twenties, and that used to run Makita. And then I started working for a bunch of people. I folded that company because I couldn't run a company. You know, you're young, you're young <laughs> twenties. You know, yeah. And uh, but when I started back up, yeah, I was coming out of working for my boss, and he had Bosch. So I was like, yeah, Bosch is it? You know, it's what we used on the jobs and. But yeah, I'm going back to Makita. That just seems to be my tried and true. I like Makita. Always have Makita yeah. skill saws, you know. Our big stuff is Makita and the, those little tiny things we use in the shop or yeah. the Bosch. Yeah, we have the 12-volt Bosch yeah. drivers. Yeah. and well, then... Bosch chops. I mean, you look at it. It looks like it's like a dinosaur. I mean, I think it's some like 02. I bought it. I mean, but the thing's my workhorse, and it's the thing I'm most comfortable with. It's the most accurate saw I have. Mm-hmm. You know, 10-inch slotting compound. I've actually, under there, I've got that Makita... Uh, I saw that, yeah. X2, that thing is sweet. Yeah, yeah. No, that thing is really nice. I was trying that out in California before it came out. It was really nice. It does cut, yeah. cut really nice. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really it's nice. We pull it out to cut, you know, because that, uh, so we had the old DeWalt. Rob had that thing for like, what, 15 20, years? Yeah, 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. He never t- did anything to it, and it was still cutting dead nut square. Cutting yeah. rough lumber only. <laughs> yeah. So you put like a square board on there and cut it, and it was dead nuts. I'm not even kidding. Dead <laughs> no, nuts. What saw was it? It was the, the, uh, the over under DeWalt, not this, not okay, the, yeah. the one that goes this way yeah. that they don't make anymore. Where it was still all yeah. steel yeah. stuff yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. So it finally gave up the ghosts. Like we we had some wild bind ups happen and stuff, yeah. and it was just like it was done. So yeah. we, I, we bought that 12 inch Hitachi from my father in law. Um, but yeah, we pull out that Makita to like make miter, you know, if we got a miter crown or something. Yeah. We'll something important. We'll take that out. That's what I saw. That's what I'm probably going towards. That or the. Uh, Walkie, he's got great eyes. On yeah, too. Frank talks about that. Yeah, a lot. he does too. So that I was doing the floors in my old house, and I said to my wife, like, "Yeah, you know, if I'm gonna do the floors, like, I'm really gonna need a, a you know, <laughs> he's a wedged, or so. you, you gotta get paid. You know, if you gotta yeah. wedge it, it's a power tool for yourself to make it feel good. Wedge it. Yeah, that's a fair deal. You yeah. want floors? Like, okay, yeah. new saw for me. Listen, we gotta pay somebody. You want know, to pay me? It comes with the saw. Know, yeah, it's all right. It's still know? worked out cheaper. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. We're buying this house soon, so I yeah. don't know what kind of new tools are in my future. Uh, well, let me know. I got a little bit of everything, left. so you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I need the flooring gun. I got the flooring gun. Well, after know? the $5,500 uh, furnace and AC system we're putting in. All and, the favors are coming back. I'm going to have to start eating my <laughs> better breakfast. Because yeah. we're going so, yeah. to have to put in a half a shift before work every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's work. I mean, I remember before we... Moved into our house. I had to do a bathroom, which was just like, at that time, I was working for a company. I had twin newborns. You know what I mean? Like, and then I, we just bought a house. And I, all of a sudden, I had to start working on it. Like, all right. Uh, well, fine. well, forget sleep. Just throw sleep out the window. Yeah. It's okay. We don't need sleep. No. That's oh, the man. future. Uh. Speaking of, yeah, last night. So I get home, start making dinner for uh, my son, who's, he'll be three in June. It's about six o'clock. I look into the living room and he's passed out in some crazy. He didn't take a nap at my. Oh, he goes to my wife's, uh, my wife's mom's house to, uh, you know, instead of daycare now, with all this COVID. 
he's passed down some weird position. So God knows he didn't sleep last night. That's... He's up and up all night with my wife, and that you know, unbeknownst to me, is actually keeping me awake. So yeah. I'm all out of it today. Dude, it was it was that easy. It's just I mean the kids love them, but like we had the twins, so it was like one wasn't up, the other was up, and oh, making the other one up. God bless you. Uh, but then you on the adverse side, like with this whole COVID thing, they got two to keep themselves occupied. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a blessing and a curse together because I don't know if you have you have siblings, you know, like yeah, 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 beat out of each other, you know, like, keep knowing <laughs> the hell out of each other. You're so, like, I'm going to the shop. Yeah. I'll see you uh, sometime. Yeah. I, you <laughs> yeah. know, they come out and help, which is fantastic. You know, I do enjoy it. I love, you know, you follow me. You see them out there. I yeah, love yeah. showing them what I can do. Um, that comes to my grandfather. My grandfather used to actually show me a lot. He was a painter. So he's always working on something, you know. Or I was always climbing some ladder too tall. I should have been on. Yeah. Yeah, I like to bring I like bring Hunter over here on like a Saturday yeah. or something. And, uh, and they get it, man. You'd be surprised, yeah. man. They pick it up on a... Uh, they pick up on it. He's got the little tool set. Yeah. Yeah, he's, there's like a little stool over there that he calls his desk. My his son. Ben, his workbench. You'll see him step in and do a glue up, no questions asked. You need help? I don't have to show him or do anything. He takes off his coat. He knows he shouldn't have glue on his coat. And he steps in and does a glue up, no questions asked. What was he doing? We were resawing some wood. Those older doors were resawing stuff. Stepped on the backside. You can pull the wood off, no problems. Like, nice. Yeah, no. Knows how to handle it when it's done. It's not like, oh, what do I do? He grabs it and he puts it over on the pile. You don't have to show them. It's 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 awesome. Like see that stuff finally like blossom a little bit. You, you don't think they're picking it up, but they are. You know. Yeah, and those translate into like real life skills. It's yeah, not yeah. just about picking up a piece of wood and putting it over here. It's yeah. that's it's a train of mechanical thought as to this yeah. is a process of doing something, and it's going to translate to a process of doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. And he he's not getting it. in school, you know, because they don't teach that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he's true. Like, yeah, you see me take sticks and turn them into like pro like. Well, pretty much bread, you know what I mean? Yeah. Put it on the table. Yep. So, but projects to go out the door and, you know. But, you know, they got their toolkits, you know. Like, you know, they, they work, you know. We'll have them there. Anything going on about down at the uh, Yeah, if clubhouse? anybody in Clubhouse wants to, uh, if you got a comment or a question, let me know. Um, here's another one from uh, from Will, while Willie's Wood Shop on Instagram. I got to meet up with him. He's right around, He's like the middle link between the two of us. Like Yeah, out in New Hope. Yeah, right? yeah we'll have um, to go out there. and. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I'll, I, I got family out there, so we should all swing up there. It's not that far from me. It's yeah, because I want to check out Nakashima. Um, Will says, I love how you have a minimal setup and get a maximum result, a form of efficiency that is rarely talked about. Do you see yourself doing just high-end mill work with a six shop in the future, or do you want to continue to have a broad variety of work you do? Uh, I think, obviously, as I get older in life, I'll be more selective what I do. And that's my wife always asks me about retirement, and I, I think retirement is just going to be more picky about what I do <laughs> and more choosy about where I spend you know, my final time. Um, that's but it. I, I do see myself, you know, probably once... I'm in the works of building a nicer shop, slowing down and nice. just staying there a little bit more. But I, I know as far as family, friends and all that stuff, like they know I, I can't say no. Like that's half the problem. Like if I can't, you can't get me on the phones because I don't want to say yes to your work at the point right now. Like, <laughs> I'll be on the phone ready. We kind of had a question about that. Uh, was it last week or the week before? Yeah, it, the answer for us is just say no. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, for family and friends, yeah. They know to pay me now at this point. I've gone, I've gone through the first rounds of, of family with my first business, and they saw me literally go out yeah. of business because I was helping out the family so much. Yeah. I was like, Guys, you realize this is part of your fault, you know, and it's my fault all, all around, but 
really like I allowed it to happen and by saying yes. And, and right, because you can't things. earn money. Yeah. Not only are you doing something for yeah. less than you need or free, yeah. Yeah. you can't earn. You're tied up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's And you want to help people. You want to help your family. Of but, course, you know. but it's... it's Say, I got Tim. I'll give you his number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have some uh, some just general questions now, not necessarily directed right at Tim. But All right. Loco Modern, uh, Low Country Modern, they're always coming at us with, with some good questions. They say, if cabinet building is your bread and butter, what would be your Reese's cup? And don't <laughs> tell me you say Reese's cup, because that's not what it is. It's Reese's cup. Yeah. Oh, man. What's my Reese's cup? Hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? You got something? Yeah, I do. I, I think you'll agree with this. I think it's the work we do in the churches. Yeah. It's uh, some very enjoyable work. Um, stuff that we know is going to be long, um, long standing. It's going to be there for, uh, you know, 100 years yeah, or 50 better. 50 minimum. They're hoping for 100. It gets to be solid wood. We get to, we have a good enough reputation for the few churches we've done in the area that we do get to sort of lead the design. I mean, I'll say the doors then. I mean, at that point, I mean, because mm-hmm. I'm hoping the doors are there forever and I don't get to do them as much as everybody thinks I do. Um, <laughs> I, here's the deal. I probably, excuse me, could do more of the doors. And uh, one of the things I do have to work on is my business, you know, pick up the phone, talking to people more, better with the emails. But with that being said, I could probably do nothing but doors, but I don't want to do nothing but doors, you know? like Yeah. Yeah, People like, are, I don't want to do nothing but church work. It's yeah. good to have a variety yeah. of... Yeah, Once every everything. other yeah. year, I would probably, because they're big work. jobs. That's what I would say, is my research. This is historic work. Like, if you'd get me into, like, an old church, or, like, an old, like, building period, and you just said, hey, I need this duplicated and that duplicated, and this duplicated, okay, yeah, like, that, that's that's what I love. You know, you, know, like, you uh, might be a good resource for a potential job we have coming up where it is going to be a, a large back, of a church, you yeah, know, the absolutely, dude. I yeah. love the cl- I love collaborating with other carpenters and working yeah. with carpenters. It's just the word from each other. You guys co- collectively, we can all gain from it. You know, That's like, it. yep. And what did they do back in the day? Like, you hear about these massive projects being built. You know, I mean, obviously, we didn't have social media. Not everybody got their little bit of you know five minutes of fame out of it. But they brought craftsmen in from all over the world to, to get it. projects done. Yep. You know, they used to import villages to do like yeah. stonework that's yeah. i mean that's how places like little italy got started yeah exactly like it but they don't do that now because you know everybody wants to make a dollar and you know have the glory to themselves you know mm-hmm. yeah one of the last people i know about doing that and i and i don't know who else has done this but chris from generations handcrafted had the manhattan beach project which was uh i don't know how many years ago that was but he brought in all sorts of instagrammers and they, they, they did a massive Oh, I project. remember that. Yeah. 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 Manhattan Beach like in Brad, Brooklyn? Brad. Yeah, Brad like, Gossel yeah, yeah, was yeah. there. I believe John was there. I, I forget who else was there. But, you know, uh, Chris was there. But they did, you know, a massive amount of work. And it, it, that was just an awesome thing. I mean. Yeah. You know, Chris is a great guy, man. He's a very smart guy. And that was a really sweet, awesome thing he did, you know. Yeah, like, you know, what we do isn't supposed to be about our own ego and, like, what we can do. It's That's about, why I'm not posting so much for the likes. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, like it's what we give the client is yeah. what really matters yeah. is I want the client. I don't care if yeah. you cut the thing or mm-hmm. I cut it or you cut it or yeah. some guy 
Yeah. From over there, who's not even part of Green Street, cut it. Yeah. As long as the client gets what they deserve, I'm happy. Exactly. If I have to sub out a part of the job because you do upholstery and we don't do upholstery, right. that was the right person for the or job, not us. I carvings for the job while you guys do this, or I can make the curved mill work while you guys do the panel work and that and that. Like, that's what it's about. Like, yeah. you know, like, like coming together as a team, like, really, we're all stronger. I mean, you don't and have I think to be clients, a union to be a union, you know? Yeah. I think clients appreciate that. Like, uh, you know, with this, I told the client, yeah, I got, you know, our buddy Lucas up in Massachusetts is going to work on the hinges. Like, we're going to try and make you hinges that are going to work for the thing. (laughs) That's awesome. What client isn't going to say, oh, wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got a guy on it. What do you mean you got a guy on it? And you explain what I have a guy on it means. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And yeah. Instead yeah, like, of these ugly hinges that look yeah. like they came off a bathroom yeah. stall. Yeah, gonna, like we uh, can't find a hinge yeah, you, that looks good. Say, you're that guy too. You know that too. Like like somebody goes, man, I want this cabinet. And, you know, everybody looks around like, I don't got a guy. And you finally find the guy who knows the guy. And you're the guy, which is a cool thing. And the guy's easier to find now with social media because, you know, you can type in custom mill or mm-hmm. yada, yada, yeah. and, you know, which great back to the whole question of, Instagram is a great tool as long as you're using it right, you know. You're not, you know, showing your new tools while you're, you know, hanging off a roof looking good, you know. Like, you're actually showing your work and that you're a generous person or a general good person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will and I, we kind of been roasting somebody. I won't say who it is, obviously, on Instagram. And, like, they have a billion followers, whatever. All their pictures are of, like, a curl coming off of a chisel. It's like... Yeah. Like five out of ten pictures on this dude's yeah. Instagram are just like a curl coming off a chisel. Like, yeah, yeah. that's not give me something real. Yeah, I know. Because I made a billion of those curls today, yeah. not today, but you know <laughs> what I mean. We, like, we, all, we all do something for the gram. Yeah, we yeah. Have to, we have to. We have to make. You got to make material to put out yeah, there. I yeah. mean, we're all making our own little TV show. In, in in hindsight, you know, that's what my friends call it, my wife yeah. call it. I mean, it's, it's a Tim show. <laughs> it, it is. You know, it really is because you have to kind of put yourself out there. What what do I do? How do people want to see me? You know, like, what do I want to... That's know, what my wife what, said today, too. She said, you know, you're doing your TV show today. You sure you don't want to, like, comb your hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said. No. I left the house. She's going to be mad. I'm even wearing it. I wore this hoodie, but I had my other hoodie, which was my good hoodie. It's got a hole in the pocket. It's got a piece of, it's got some tar on the sleeve. She's just, I'm like, I want to be me. She's like, yeah. no, they're videotaping. You got to wear something nicer. I'm like, so I went upstairs and I just, I left it out of hoodie and told her. I Don't worry, it. our <laughs> camera skills are really bad. The, the video is pretty grainy. That's yeah. uh, all right. Now I got actually a clean shirt on. This is one yeah. clean shirt for myself. My new True Works on. We so. work all morning. We, you know, well, sometimes we'll use the compressor to blow the dust off. But yeah. usually we just sit down and start talking. Uh, I wasn't coming yeah. here not covered in something. You know, like I was getting those Stave cores uh, polished in today. There you my go. Goal. And then my buddy dropped by with the beam, which I didn't even, I forgot about. He's like, you're, you're in the shop, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. He drops by with this like old oak beam from I don't know somewhere some factory and it turned out to be a pretty sweet piece of red oak like nice. quarter saw red oak nice I'm like man this is actually a really nice piece you know and I didn't hit any nails <laughs> <laughs> yeah the quartered red oak gets uh, overlooked because red oak has such a bad rap uh, quarter quartered red oak is looks nice yeah well she she's been used a lot on the streets you know what I mean <laughs> not in the best way oh yeah some of the box stores have you know put oh, that one to yeah. bed you know. Think about it when you were first starting out. How many clients, you know, you get the clients and want something cheaply made. Next, you know, you're using a lot of red oak and, yeah. We're we're obstinate that way. 
we we make uh, potential clients a little bit annoyed because we just say we're not going to do it. No, I'm talking early, <laughs> early, early on, like early on. Like I haven't used. I can tell you the last thing I built out of Red Oak. I I really couldn't. You I, see the only MDF in the shop. That was a cover sheet on top of that table. Yeah. Like we won't. We won't put MDF in a project. Just because. MDF has its, has its places. I'll, I'll say, and then yeah. I also use some. Uh, if you know Koya, if you're familiar with the Koya, that sounds familiar. It's it's a. I I don't want to get exactly the facts, but it's a, it's a pressure treated wood, but it's not from the United States, but it's a pine, and it's actually you can buy it down in milled versions, so it's not like the pressure treated you get, but. Um, they actually make an MDF product out of it that's completely submergible. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's you can use it next to your products and make things that like you can literally he they, he brings you a chip soaked in a cup of water. And it's been there for how who knows how long. They guarantee you fifty years underwater or something. Wow. Yeah. Like it, it, the way they actually they process the wood is they suck the moisture out and they coat the cells and they suck the stuff back out. He gave me the whole sales speech. I'll I'll look into it and show it to you later. But it's a fantastic product. It's like a pine product. And uh, the byproduct of them milling it down is they make them dance. Ah. Huh. Remember yeah. the bamboo guy? That makes me think. Remember? They, they came. Yeah. They, they were going to make all those beams and everything out of bamboo. It just made me think of. Yeah. They were going to start growing all this stuff and manufacturing bamboo. Oh, I mean, my God. I mean, we've had bamboo sheets and things like that, but this was, they were, it was like stranded. Was it at KBIS? No. Was that, uh, what's his names remember and then they were gonna weren't were you around for that I don't think and then so. we were gonna do the bar at donovan's oh no no that must have been before me that was another one of those um uh, somebody was gonna take over the the lumber world yeah with a, oh yeah uh sort of a renewal no it's funny this is stuff i didn't even know about in my uh my salesman i deal with rex do you guys deal with rex they're pretty close to here no rex our lumber? stuff comes from uh pennsylvania yeah. You know about Rex? Yeah, yeah. the price is a little high for us. Really? Yeah, I have, uh, to, show I have to show you oh, some of the yeah, wood we yeah. got out there. You're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be uh, converted. Rex is gonna be your old supplier. Yeah, even if you got to come down here to pick it up. <laughs> That's right. Listen, I, uh, I think they go that far north. <laughs> Usually, all these places have a place um, that goes up north. So hold on. I'm looking at a koi right now here for you. So here's a prime example. Of yeah, this. I've, I've definitely heard that term before. I can't put a picture to it in my head. Koya wood. Koya N.A. We got a question from our from our buddy Jack Thornton. Yeah. Right, Let's go. Jack's, so Jack's in Australia. He's, oh, this, uh, is, that, this is the great part, man. Yeah. I have a couple guys in Australia I talk to, and it's it's just mind-boggling. I've been up. trying to send Jack a uh, invite to Clubhouse, but, yeah. like, I don't know. My phone doesn't want to. It says it sent the text, but I don't know. It doesn't want to yeah. text to Australia. Uh, so he says, uh, do you guys have a designated pub lunch day? Tradition in Australia is to buy food on Fridays. Yeah, it's it's not quite designated, but no. like today was one of those days. Say yeah. Wednesday sounds like a good day. You know, yeah, day, get it out. We of got the lunch way. on Friday. Yeah, so we actually won. Oliver had a like a a giveaway. Yeah. Like I don't even know. Ah, see, that's it's like a, a clear a pine kind of looking wood. Oh, that's pretty cool. No, it is. It, you get it in clear pine. You can stain it. You can paint it. It's huh. yeah, it's great wood. Yeah. Now is it? It's like thermally modified, or yeah, it's, or they they in like. Pressure injected yes. with some kind of yes. yeah, yeah. 
They suck the moisture out. They inject it with this stuff. They suck this back out, and then the inside of the cells are actually coated oh, at that point. Yeah. You can look at the process. Look at later. <laughs> you got the whole thing. We're not on a sales pitch here for Akoya, but <laughs> it's a great product. Akoya rep in here. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so Oliver did, like, this giveaway, like, you know, post a thing with a picture of your Oliver tool. Yeah. And, and this is, like, going back. I don't That's even almost know. a year ago. Maybe where the sweatshirt comes maybe from? Maybe more. No, we bought, you know, we just bought, like, almost $7,000 worth of machines. <laughs> nice. 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 Well, you got one, too, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. We actually have an extra that we're going to give away. Um, but, yeah, so we won, like, a $50 Visa gift card. And yeah. it's just been, been like, uh, thumbtacked to the wall there for, like, like 18 months or something so we're like we gotta use this like let's get lunch so there's a mediterranean joint up the road and we got so we're like you know what happens with these things like you spend 45 dollars and then there's five dollars on it for like until yeah. it expires and you throw it away so we're like we gotta spend 50 bucks so we got 50 dollars yeah. worth of lunch. i didn't eat i didn't eat dinner that day <laughs> i didn't it was uh, good though yeah nice uh and like uh like all the good experiences we have we like to promote it to whoever might be listening. Yes. Yeah. If you're but, ever in the Middletown, New Jersey yeah. area, yeah. check out Grill 36. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, was, I want to check out Chicken King. How's Chicken King down the way? Oh, oh that just opened. Really? Really? That, that used to be a Stewart's. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And the Stewart's got kicked down to, uh, it looks like there's a trailer at one of the gas stations yeah. down the way. That's a Stewart's. Oh, no, that's like just a little hot dog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a new Stewart's. Yeah. We got a Popeye's now, which is my favorite. All right, chicken. all right. It's right up the block from a KFC. Yeah. Cause I love battle the red the beans and rice. With, with yeah. Chicken battle. Yeah, yeah it's chicken battle. On yeah, chicken battle. <laughs> yeah. But, and we got Claudie's on 35. Yeah. We're always talking about our 1620 pants. Yeah. And our Oliver tools and mm-hmm. uh, our Lee Nielsen planes. I mean, we, we spread the love until yeah. people probably are sick of hearing it. Yeah. Need a bad we have life. good opinions. If we like yeah. them, you, you might. <laughs> that's it they're good machines I mean yeah. Yeah. I wish I owned some of those what I kind mean, of work pants you wearing I'm wearing some true works here yeah, oh, I got, oh, I got so true yeah, works that's like I recognize them yeah I got started got these right before Christmas the family found out and I got bombarded with them for Christmas oh, which ain't a bad go. thing you nice. know it's no. nice yeah because so, all my work pants look like crap and everybody was sick of Carhartt so like he likes yeah. something else besides Carhartt's true trade for him. I mean true works <laughs> yeah true works it is Hey, our buddy Matt wants to jump on. And actually, wait, did somehow Matt's question got cut off, but it was the last question. Oh, and Sean. Let me uh let me bring uh both you guys up. Welcome guys. Hey Matt, let me get your uh permission to record you and uh what is it that it's gonna be property of our podcast? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Understood loud and clear. Being recorded. Audio property is yours. Many thanks. Can I just say? Can I just say that? I already said it once. I just want, or just say it. I'll just say it. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I actually just had a quick question. So I'm originally from Jersey. I moved out out of there a long time ago. So is it Taylor ham or pork roll? Pork roll, egg, and cheese, SPK. Yeah, uh, baby. Uh, so, I'll still know. fight a fight for uh, you. You guys ever, you guys ever have Peter Pank? I just had to bring up the diner. No. Ooh. Ever had what? No. Peter Pank Diner, man. It was the place, 24 hours. Where no. is it? Where? Uh, so it was in South Am- well, Sayreville, South Amboy area. Oh, that's right near us. Yeah, so I grew up in, I grew up in Sayreville. Nice. 
Yeah, Peter Peck is gone now. I mean, I, I think they were selling drugs out of it or something. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm not it was surprised. A fun place. Not a Jersey diner, never. No. <laughs> a strip club next door? <laughs> they did. Like Route 35. Route 35, there was a bunch of clubs right over there. Yeah, there still are. Area. All right. It's been a long time. You guys were just you guys were just talking about it. It was just making me reminisce a little bit. That's all I had to say. Oh, it's good to hear from you. <laughs> Thanks, John. Nice. Thanks for coming in. Hey, Matt, before you jump in... Uh, uh, we got to ask your question. Matt wanted to know about our aprons and if they're worth it. Oh, of course they are. I mean, the, our aprons... Where they, are they from? They come from Calavera, and we do get a lot of uh, asks about it. They're distinctive. I mean, they're all one-offs. Every single apron is handmade one at a time, and although he does have sort of like a standard-ish kind of layout, yeah. like when I had mine made, I... You know, bugged him for a couple of weeks and <laughs> made made little cardboard mock-ups. <laughs> well, I guess it's best to be aware of what you need than yeah. to make it and have to remake it. They have this light buffalo hide. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, they're definitely worth it. Once you go to something like that, it's hard to go back. Um, there's yeah. the pride of wearing somebody yeah. else's craft. Yep. That Absolutely. I think is at least half of it. Like when I put it on in the morning, that's what I feel. No, I you know I wear an Atlas forty six. I I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't know about the leather aprons. Um, but I also man, I, I'm wearing mine also out in the field, like where it gets hot and sweaty. It's it, not as hot as you think. I don't know. I you, know, you have to give them a test drive. In a hundred degree heat, out in humidity. Uh, well, you know, just yeah. Like, no, I'll give it a test drive. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. Like, I hate wearing anything as it is. Yeah. I don't get another piece of leather Yeah. in the summertime. Like, I hate wearing even the, the, the nylon or whatever they make that out of, the breathing yeah, the material. But stuff. Yeah, it's it's just still, it's like, ah. Oh. I keep uh, that Atlas 46, like, uh, clip. They yeah. have that pocket clip for the tape measure. Yeah. I keep that in my, uh, yeah. that's where my tape is clipped. I'll tell you it what, easy though. To go on and off. Looking at yours, I, I, both of them, I probably would steer more towards, that's yours, Drew? Yeah. yeah. Probably Mine's something like that base. in the shop. That's a base model. Yeah, something like that in the shop, right? Just only need a couple pockets and yeah, some stuff to you know go up top. Yeah, so Matt Calavera Tool down in Charleston, South Carolina. Michael is the man down there, uh, ex festival guy. Um, I mean, worth every penny and then some. I'd oh say. yeah, without a doubt. I mean, even if it takes like uh, biting on a bullet for a month or two to absorb that. Initial price shock, but, but when you're buying a good tool, that goes away. Yeah, oh, it yeah. really does. Like you, you, you soon forget what you spent on it because you're still enjoying it. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is, if you're looking at any sort of like custom or semi-custom yeah. workwear, there it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. It's not like yeah. astronomically priced compared no, to no. its competitors. It's just if you're switching from like a canvas apron from Duluth, yeah, let's say yeah. to one of these, yeah. then you're gonna go. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how am I going to hide the cost of this from my wife? <laughs> I'm definitely uh, familiar with Calavera for sure. I've been following him for a while. I know a lot of guys um, have that apron. I was, uh, I could definitely justify the cost, like you guys were saying, just purely based on how many pieces of clothing and some nice pieces of clothing that I've ruined by getting uh, wood glue into the, you know, fibers of the fabric. And once that stuff's set in there, 
by the time you rip it out, you basically have to destroy, you know, the actual piece of material to, you know, try to pick that little chunk out. So yeah. uh, I'm thinking just, just based on that alone, you know, a couple of jackets, a couple of pairs of pants, I could uh, definitely, you know, have saved myself that just by making that investment. I know uh, the, that customization thing is definitely super cool. I would be, you know, I almost feel like it would be too many options in a way. Like I would spend so much time like thinking about it, but at the same time, I'm sure like if you guys had an apron before, I've personally never worn an apron. I run around my shop like an idiot, you know, picking stuff up and putting it down everywhere, <laughs> putting stuff in my pockets and whatever. Um, so there definitely is room for improvement in that category. But uh, yeah, no, I was definitely curious, you know, because the guy, the ones that you guys wear look, you know, you guys wear them often. So I'm assuming that, you know, they're comfortable and whatever. So I was uh, curious about that. And then the reason actually I popped up here, um, I'm driving my built-in to the painter right now, only, uh, you know, like six or seven hours later than I was supposed to do it today because <laughs> one of those things where just the amount of work that's left is just you've been minimizing it in your head the entire time just because you're trying to get to the finish line. No. Nah, there's just so many never. steps that you can't <laughs> skip and you just got to do them. And it's just like, oh, my God, you start writing out a list and you're like, wow, I thought, you know, I would be leaving my house in 30 minutes. In reality, I have five hours more of work to do. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know that. Loading the truck the load and wrapping up all the doors and, you know, doing the plastic and the blankets and strapping everything down carefully. Like, it's just such a freaking process. And I was, uh, you guys would have been pretty impressed. I got that 56 by 25 by, what is it? I don't even know, 48 wide or something like that. Um, out of the shop by myself and into the truck. Oh, God. <laughs> and nice. it didn't get damaged, which is pretty impressive. Well, I, I had confidence in you after you told me about getting that, uh, what was it, the table saw out of your truck? Uh, no, the planer was the planer. actually the one that was in the bed. That was the crazy, I built the gantry that whole nine, that crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. That's how I got my, my uh, <laughs> shot fox out of my truck. It's not pretty. Matt's got a 20-inch Tanowitz table saw. It's absolutely 20-inch blade. Five horsepower, direct driven. Yeah. Watch your fingers and your toes. That's yeah. right. That'll take off a limb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. I run it with a 16 because that's what came in it. And uh, I have a couple spares that I had sharpened up. So I'm definitely, you know, good for a while uh, as far as, you know, not needing anything more than a 16 <laughs> so inch what blade. What is 20 blade I didn't off. even, I had <laughs> yeah. no idea. Yeah. Before I owned this saw, I never really could conceive something having a 20 inch blade inside of it. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty cool to have the capacity. I don't know if I'll ever actually invest the probably i don't even know what a 20 inch blade would cost new probably Gotta i don't be. know 500 bucks maybe yeah i was gonna say so. 350 maybe at, the, uh, at uh. the bottom what'd you say 250 three oh uh, yeah i was gonna say 350 maybe because you know you get yeah. you get a decent 10 inch blade for 150 bucks a good you know a good 10 inch blade for 150 bucks yeah it does. yeah like uh, forest or work. something what do you actually that's a good you got a second for a quick side topic what do you guys uh what do you guys like for blades that was that's another thing i've never really you know, invested in, especially now that I've had this all this inherited equipment. Forest. Tim says forest. We like forest and uh, Ridge Carbide. Yeah, Ridge Carbide too. Which Ridge yeah. Carbide is now? I don't know if you knew this. They moved from New Jersey out to Kansas or Kentucky. No, Kansas. Kansas, and they own Ever Everlast saw or Ever Built saw, and they used to build the blades for Ridge Carbide. <laughs> okay. So he bought it from the guy up there in Linden. Um, and they make custom I blades, Matt, so you could hit them that. up, and they'll give you a price on a 20-inch blade. You used to find him at the woodworking shows. He was there, man. Yeah. He was Rich. always, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because the guy in Kansas made the blades the whole time yeah. and maintained the blades the whole time, and he said, "Oh hell, I'm just gonna I'm gonna buy." He said the guy at Ridge Carbide was kind of just like the business was dwindling a little bit. It was all like local sharpening, and so he just uh, really moved the whole operation. We sent our blades out, and we didn't get them back for like six <laughs> yeah, weeks. Yeah, I heard, I heard the saga. I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, yeah. and then I the owner calls joke. me. The owner calls me, Paul. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. So he's the guy that owns the company. No, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna send my blade back. This same tooth they fixed fell off again. That sucks. Yeah. The price you pay. I was like, come on. Yeah. It was another one, yeah, but not the same yeah. one. I've so, had yeah, good Matt, luck with Forrest. I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd hit I'd hit uh either one of those companies up, Matt. They may be able to make you a custom I know Everbuilt will make you a custom blade. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out when the need arises. But honestly, these ones that I have with the uh you know, the new edges that this guy put on them. Uh, you know, I seem to be good for. Yeah, that's gonna save you some dough. Oh, almost looks like a little piece of copper almost behind the uh, carbide tooth. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like an anti-vibration. We uh, uh backtrack thirty seconds because somebody called me and it it cut you off. Oh, I don't even know. Was I even talking thirty seconds ago? Well, no. You said uh the you got the stuff with the new teeth from the guy and then. Then we picked up where you said copper. Oh, yeah. No, I just, I believe I should be okay for a while because I have a couple of, you know, freshly sharpened blades all that appear to be done right. I mean, I paid, I'm trying to think, maybe 40 bucks a blade or something like that to have them kind of, you know, completely reworked because some of them were, you know, I, had, I think I had three and two of them were in pretty bad shape. So they needed, you know, a good, I'm pretty sure they did almost all the teeth on them. That's a good price. Yeah. Well, we pay, yeah. I think, a dollar a tooth. Uh, no, fifty cents a tooth to have them sharpened. Yeah, something like that. Oh wow! That, uh, actually, just sharpen though. That, is that bad or no? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to do fast math. Well, we use forty tooth blades, so it's twenty bucks to have it sharpened. But just sharpen, no repair, no um, anything like that. I got you. Yeah, no, this guy is called. Uh, it's actually a pretty crazy place. I initially reached out to him. Because uh, I wanted to make a custom shaper cutter for me, like an insert for one of my heads. And uh, he ended up kind of turning me down on that front. But I was like, oh, you guys are specialty saw was the name of the company. And I was like, what do you guys do? He's like, oh, we make all sorts of uh, circular saw blades. I was like, interesting. He's like, yeah, you know, like three feet, four feet, five. I was like, what? Oh, God, He's damn. like, yeah, we, uh, we sell blades that you get used one time underwater radioactive demolition saws. I was like, how the hell do you find yourself in that specific of a niche? But that's pretty damn cool. It's right in my town. Nice. Wow. I never even knew that existed. Yeah. <laughs> so did you ever get your molder head made? <laughs> uh, unfortunately not. I ended up buying a Matt just went through a tunnel. <laughs> we caught a little bit of that, but it sounded like you were a, a, a robot for there for a second. I think we may have lost Matt. I think Matt. we lost yeah. Matt. Well, I uh, I looked at here to the bottom of our page, and I, I cut off some of it, some of the, uh, the closing remarks that we make, but... Um, Usually now we get into uh, thoughts on beer of the week. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know it's one of my tried and true. Love it. What do you guys think? It was good. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. 
I like uh, these kind of um, dry sort of IPAs. Yeah, a little fruity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, it had sort of like a fruitiness in the in the aftertaste that was pleasant. Yeah. Break uh, breaker. Crisp. Easy to drink. Yeah. I got a whole bunch. I got a variety pack actually here from Chuck for you guys to sample. Well, thank the guys, you. So. Yeah, we could, we could maybe we'll split one on the, because uh, we do a, a after show too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tasted, tasted good going down yeah, in. Yeah, uh, no, there's a whole bunch here. Our craftsman. Uh, yeah. Podcast glass. So yeah, we're a little discombobulated <laughs> because we don't have our notes in front of us. Got yeah. you, guys, so we don't need notes. Yeah. Oh, we need notes. No, yeah, <laughs> we need them. Uh, so yeah, if you want a glass, find it on our website, greenstreetjoinery.com. Uh, if you want to help support the podcast, you can join our Patreon. We're gonna give a shout out to our gold tier patrons right now. We got David Murphy, Manny Siriani, Dustin Fair, Adam Pothast, and David Shoemaker. Thanks for the book, David. Um, the Book of Shaker Furniture, is that what it's called? Yeah, The Book of Shaker Furniture by John Cassay. Yeah, really cool book. Yeah, check um, it out. Yeah, we'll have links in the description to uh, Tim's page, to uh, Lindsay's YouTube channel. Check her out. Um, to the Beer of the Week, to the Tool of the Week, uh, all that good stuff. So And uh, Tim's work. Yep. Yeah, I'll post up some stuff tomorrow uh, about some of the stuff we talked about today. That'd be cool. cool. So, yeah, appreciate Those it. Doors. Yeah. Yeah, doors, doors, uh, Hampton Court project. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'd like to see some glamour shots of you hanging off of a building, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's something you don't ever see while you're taking pictures, you know. The guys you see of pictures of themselves are the ones you should worry about because they're really having somebody take pictures of themselves. Yep. It's like, no, it's not what it's about. No. All right, get us some curls coming off. Of, yeah, uh, yeah some curls? I got some curls for you, don't worry. I want to thank all you down <laughs> there in the, uh, <laughs> in the clubhouse room. Uh, great chatting with you guys all yeah. the time. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you like the podcast. If it's your first time listening, you know we'll see you here next week. Um, if you want to listen to yourself, if you're on the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, um, Stitcher, all those good yeah, good and podcast spots. Clubhouse is invite only still right now. Yeah, it's uh, only I- iOS devices and I guess iPhone only, not not like even like an iPad maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, iOS and invite only. So we have some invites if you need one. Uh, hit me up. I'll try and get you one. Oh, she's a doormat. <laughs> Piper says goodbye. Yeah, yep. we appreciate it, guys. Love you all. We'll catch Be you next well. Week. Take care. Uh, take care. Thanks. Um,